Hello mech fans and welcome to the Valhalla Club. Grab a fusionaire and join us as we talk Battletech and the latest happenings around the Colorado Battletech community. Hello everybody and thanks for joining us in the Valhalla Club today. I'll be your bartender for the evening. Uh, I'm Mike the Viking and I'm joined today by Dave Cerberus. Hello. Ben, the Master of Spirits. Howdy, howdy. And Matt, the Northman. That's fantastic. Uh, John might join in with us later. Uh, he's feeling a little under the weather today. Um, but in the meantime, we also have with us Aaron and Andrew from WNRP. Welcome to the show, gents. Happy to be here. Good evening, gentlemen and Dave. That's right. Uh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> I'm in a class of my own. <laughs> Sick burn, bro. Sick burn. No, you're the one who's burnt. I am. We can swear on the show, can't we? <laughs> Fuck yes, we yes, can. Yes, absolutely. Fucking, I am fucking <laughs> lobster toasty right now. <laughs> We're starting Sunscreen, out fresh. Sunscreen's your friends, folks. Sunscreen's your friend. I'm on the second beer so far. Uh, I'll probably be on 10 by the time we wrap up. Uh, everybody else got their drinks for the evening? Where do I start? We're good. All right. Uh, well, starting us off with guest intros, uh, we already know who your favorite faction is. It's in your podcast email. Uh, more, so, more or less, yeah. <laughs> more or less, yeah. Uh, so let's uh, just go straight into uh, what's your favorite favorite mech? What's your favorite ride? Uh, we'll go Andrew, then Aaron. Why not? All right. Um, so <laughs> little fun story is I have piloted the Marauder 2 for years and one of <laughs> it's one of them i'm laughing because it was one of the mistakes that happened in hour of the wolf i wanted to be in a marauder 2c not a marauder 2c and it that's why in the first edition of that book my mech miraculously changed weapon configurations halfway through the battle and i remember that <laughs> When I pointed that out, I, I emailed Blaine right away when the book came out, and I'm like, "Dude, what happened here?" And they changed it over to Marauder 2C. So <clears throat> I'm enjoying my new ride uh, a lot, and 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 having good success with it. So there you go. I'm in a Marauder 2C. Survival is success. What's that? Survival is success. Unlike survival somebody. is success. Survival is success. It is Memorial Day. So that's <laughs> in memoriam today the, we remember the Andrew. <laughs> so the I, funny I, I story, right the there. funny thing I got right there. The funny, yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Um, the funny thing is that I piloted a Marauder 2C. He piloted a Marauder 2C. So he basically stole my ride. You weren't um, using it. I mean, I guess if you had to go, I am not as, I guess, tied into one favorite mech. I, when we started the the um, the regiment, I was in a Night Wolf just because it was new, and I was like, "Ooh, let's try out a Night Wolf." And then turns out I couldn't hit shit <laughs> with a Night Wolf. <laughs> ATMs are not my friend. Uh, so I then love I love ATMs. Went, then I went back to my Marauder Two C Ten, which jumps. 10 inches or something like that. 466 or something like that, yeah. Yeah, 466. And I was loving that. And then he got written into a Marauder 2C. So I was like, well, what do I do now? 
I dabbled with an uh uh Wolfen. Uh a Wolfen. And then at Gen Con, I think I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try out a linebacker D. Let's just see it it's so much fun in Alpha Strike. Let's see what it does in in classic and it Oh that was it, that was the classic that was magnificently. That was the um, first time that you piloted that was in that, that game. That was the first Brent. time I ever piloted a linebacker D. And it was <laughs> it was awesome. So um but being the colonel of the special forces seventh commandos, I don't really have a ride, I guess, other than a bandit C. <laughs> so um but my f- I mean if you're gonna go through it's either Marauder two C two or the original Marauder Five R, those those have got to be near and dear to my heart. So, see, so I always assumed it would be a, a Marauder, but it's just because I am going through, I'm severely backlogged. But with on O O O Tube, um, you're on the Marauder episode, so yep. I had I had I had an assumption. Yeah, it's when I when I first got into the game, I looked at it and I was like, that thing just screams coolness. Like it's got the ar- reverse articulated legs, and then the just the guns that come out and the nose and everything. It was just, it was just great. I loved it. It's so. a, it has the, it has the silhouette of a predator. Mm-hmm. It's a hunter. It definitely does. Hell yeah! All right, so uh, moving on to, into the pile of shame and games played. All right, uh, yeah. Start off with Ben. What you got? Uh, games played. Um... Pile of shame. I finished up my Rough Riders, so they're ready to go. Justice, then, uh, you justice has been had. Justice has been had. So, <laughs> so I got the twenty twenty five units of Rough Riders ready to rock and roll. Damn, to nice. Figure out where they can fit in a three fifty or a six hundred or whatever. Um, little, I think it comes with like eight hundred some points. It's a preview of the yeah. units in okay. there. Oh, you can trim some fat off that. Yeah, take some of that off. But uh, so I finished that up, and I've been uh, doing a lot of. Uh, cleaning up some old mechs and and kind of redoing them, and then uh, games played. Uh, myself and Charles actually met up last weekend and got a couple of rounds of uh, 350 in, doing some testing on some lists. And last Friday, I got a game. We had a six-player 200 PV game each, so 600 PV with six total players. 1200 PB with 600, six total players. So um, that ended Math. up pretty Math. good. Math is hard. Math is hard. So, <laughs> um, so, so I got two games in this month and then uh, and some painting. So that's where I'm at. All right. Moving down my camera feed onto Dave. So I only got one game in over the last 30 days. The uh, It was over with uh, Rick and we did a 500 on 500s. My first time playing with uh, formation bonuses. And I am sad to say that both of my Aries in the list got murdered. Uh, Rick came out with uh, quite a few tanks and they, uh, they, they kind of wiped me out. But it was fun. It was, uh, like I said, the first time playing with formation bonuses. So I got a chance to try those out. And they did add a lot of interesting flavor to the game. And I'll probably play with them again. But uh, I do agree that they probably shouldn't be used in a tournament setting you, because you went, they do you went add... right to the you went right to the question that I wanted to hear from you. Is it a narrative or a competitive <laughs> deal? So. Uh, I would say narrative. They're they're fun cool. to add, but there are some 
some wonkiness to them that yes. can change up the way things would happen. Plus, n- not only that, the rules aren't very clear of when you lose the formation bonus. So do you have to maintain that 50%, 75% or whatever throughout the whole game? And it would also lend into you have to have a formation to have a formation bonus, which would not work in 350 because you can have anywhere from three units to 12 on the table right. at the same time. Uh, but as far as Pile of Shame, I have gotten absolutely nothing done because I have been playing way too much War Thunder and other video games. So <laughs> I've been looking at things and thinking, man, I should paint those. But no, nothing has happened. Yeah, Though my I know. wife did tell me I'm not allowed to buy anything else until I finish painting 200 units. So, But does she know about the Kickstarter? I'm going to say oh, she's yeah. going to be very disappointed. <laughs> You already bought stuff, my friend. You just haven't got it yet. <laughs> you're, you're on the oh, she knows about right the now. Kickstarter. She is she is well aware of the Kickstarter. But uh, on the clock, yes. <laughs> I, I need to get all those done before the Kickstarter shows up. So that yeah, eh, we'll yeah. yeah, I know I've played with formations formation bonuses quite a few times. Definitely very narrative. N- definitely not a competitive. It, they're way too swingy. Um, and I'm, I'm a big advocate for like if I'm using them, um, I'm only using one battle lance uh, because especially because I usually play clan. So having a singular formation with seven rerolls, uh, that's that's a bit much. And if you have more than one battle lance or battle star, it's just it's just ridiculous. But yeah, narrative games are a lot of fun. Definitely try using. Uh, Formation bonuses. I know I've hounded you a few times. It seems like you finally caved in. <laughs> but glad you had fun. Uh, Matt, on to you. Um, I had... Well, let's go pile of shame first. I uh, boxed up and put in my car to move 523 miniatures. Um, so that was what I did with my pile of shame because I'm moving uh, houses right now. So... That is all I did this month uh, as far as the actual miniature side. I did get a couple games in with the guys up in Fort Collins, kind of my parting games. They uh, We were meeting on Wednesday nights at, at my place in the uh, aforementioned Battletech bunker uh, in my basement there. And uh, But then they reopened our, our local game store on Wednesday nights to, be, to go later hours. So we started playing there again. Uh, up at uh, Haunted Cafe. So I uh, had a couple games there. It was really good uh, to have some parting, parting games with the good group that we've got up there in uh, Fort Collins. So some fun there. Got my butt kicked, of course, because that's what I do. And uh, yeah, so that's all I got. Moving on into Aaron. Uh, games played. I have been swamped at work lately, so I have not played any games. Uh, very apparent on Thursday Night Throwdowns, but uh, I did watch uh bat and tommy play a epic game last night i think he had his falcon guards versus matt's early succession wars ghost bears i think it was fun um but the last game i played was i think it was also an epic game i played some Kellhounds versus uh early succession wars Kellhounds versus uh i think it was matt's ghost bear early succession Wars. so um that was fun uh i'm planning i am planning on playing this thursday we're gonna get back into some 350 so 
Um, I have a new unit that <laughs> started as Star League Defense Force and then turned into Early Succession Wars uh, Free Worlds League. And in my pile of shame, I had them all painted green. And I was like, well, that doesn't really look like Free Worlds League. So I just airbrushed every left leg white and then went over with some contrast paint purple. <laughs> and I was like, voila, it's, it's Free Worlds League. It's it's cheating, I know, but man. If it fits, it ships. Man, contrast paint, and it's just so, so easy. You, you bring up the, so uh, the different eras. Uh, what's your favorite era to play in, Coach? Oh, man. That is a good question. I really like Jihad, but Ooh, I'm, let the hate mail I'm go. growing on. <laughs> I'm. You I'm, can reach Aaron at. <laughs> I've played a couple early Succession Wars uh, lists, and I I like that as well. But uh, my early Republic Draconis Combine list is my favorite, and I feel like. That era has a lot to offer, so I'm leaning early Republic. As you I don't should like, for the proliferation like, of Ares. I don't like Ill Clan era because I feel it's an incomplete era right now. It is incomplete, yeah. <laughs> um, so I can't say Ill Clan, but uh, early Republic is is leaning on me really hard. So very cool. All right, Andrew. Pile of shame. Games played. <laughs> oh man, so. I actually had an accomplishment this week. I painted two full 350 armies in Ooh, one nice. week. Um, I have yet, I have yet to have a 350 painted for myself. That's completed, <laughs> but I painted my daughters, and uh, a guy came in kind of late and uh, said that he'd like to play, and he said that it was premiere. He was like, "Oh, then I'm not going to be able to." And I'm like, "Just." Give me your list. I'll get it taken care of. So I painted two 350s last week. Again, I cheated all hell and used contrast paints. Um, learning how they work, uh, I was, I'm about 70% happy with how they came out. I'm still working on as the paint dries, right? Some places are darker than others or that. But um, for the most part, I was pretty happy. So that was the pile of shame, I guess. Uh, I don't even want to talk about the stuff that is still on the shelf or in boxes yet. Um, as far as games played, um, we play every Wednesday. Um, we play of quite a a group here in Minneapolis, uh, South Side, that uh, are pretty consistent on Wednesday nights. Uh, we get anywhere from six to eight to ten people every Wednesday night. Um, so we're getting a couple of games in. Uh, we had a new a new individual. Shout out to Marshall. Uh, he just randomly stopped in the shop and said, "I need to, I need to hear about this." And we played a, a demo game, and he's been coming back last couple of weeks. So um, it's been. It, I'm getting games in. I, I play quite quite a bit. If I'm not playing on Wednesday, we're playing on a Saturday. So almost. Almost exclusively 350. Favorite era you enjoy? Uh, you know what? Right now, I am really, really loving early succession more. Um, all the games that I've had a chance to play and getting people ready to go for Rumble on the River. Um, 
the early succession war and how you can build your list and how the units work on the field is has always been what my vision of 350 was. Um, playing in the later eras with all the access to the TMM4 stuff and how the format is set up, it really skews the game because it becomes more about unit selection than it is about player and tactics, where I think early succession war gives you a small mix of the really speedy stuff, but you have to kind of know what you're doing. And it's been, and I've loved it. It's been so much fun. Sorry, Dave. No, no Aries in early succession war. Ah. <laughs> they learned. They learned <laughs> the mistake of their ways <laughs> and built tripods. All right. Um, I guess for for myself, uh, pile of shame maintains games played zero. Uh, I went from a training event thing at NTC um, in California uh, straight to the field here in Colorado. So um, I've been in the field for the past month ish. So whole lot of nothing from myself. Yeah. Good times. Um, wish I was not in the field so much. It's been a busy field year. Um, but, all right. So, moving on into the main medal. Uh, so, our topic for the evening is going to be community building. Um, so, you guys have built... Um, I mean, you guys started before us, building your community out in your respective areas, and then the 350 community. And then we kind of hopped on those uh, coattails, yeah, coattails along with the the first Kickstarter, and and have had some success out here. So just starting us out. Um, so how did you guys start your community building efforts? I guess I mean I'll let you guys pick if if you want to pick 350 community or local area. Um, I know. We'll probably talk more so in like the the local area, but I mean, op- well, open discussion on how to start. Aaron, do you want to go into where we what we kind of modeled everything off of from that first year at Gen Con for you and X Wing? Well, well, when we started, so our internal group was myself, Tommy, and Matt, and so us three are local, and it was going to be a BattleTech thing, so I had to include Andrew. And he's in Minneapolis. So our very first start was trying to build a very large nationwide community. Normally, people start small and then work work out. We actually went wide out in, out to in and try to just. <laughs> our, our goal was to try to bring together as many BattleTech players as we could. And through the podcast, through the Discord, and through the Facebook page, it slowly built itself, and and we were getting a lot of people from all over the place. I mean, some of our first members were Kaji in in Hawaii, and Chandler in California, and you know, people uh, Profit and those guys in Florida, and so it, we we went big, and then what that what that lent itself to be was. Andrew's community turning into a very, you know, large local community. And then all those other guys kept, were able to build well, onto their smaller Colorado community. group. Colorado the Colorado group. I mean, you guys up. came on and yeah. then all of a sudden that was like, what, five or six of you. And now all of a sudden you've got 
fucking thousands. So, <laughs> um, so our mentality was was large community first to just see who else is out there because we started before the Kickstarter. We just were just like, hey, we want to get back into BattleTech and see who else is out there. Well, I mean, go also go with you know one of the big reasons that we created 350 was coming from i mean aaron and i have played our share of classic games many many games but whenever trying to do a classic game it was <clears throat> how many bv how many mechs what there was so much minutia around even just trying to get to the table to play um where our idea of 350 to when we started this whole thing was i want to have an army construction rule set that if i take my 350 and i go to california and i call chandler and we can find a time to meet, we can get together and play and have a fun, competitive game. And we didn't have to have that conversation, right? Um, so the whole premise for 350 was the idea of being able to get groups of people together to start playing and not have to worry about the all the conversation points of how do we get the game set up. The game is already set up. Here's the game. Show up and play. And I think that really, that really helped the community grow because that portion of it, that, that, I mean, let's face it, we're gamers, right? We don't like to talk to people all the time. We don't like to have those conversations. Um, we're taking that out of the equation and it's just, Hey, I'm Andrew and I'm Joe. And we sit down and we start rolling dice that I think really paid dividends for us. And a big catalyst for this was I, I, I started with X-Wing when X-Wing was just coming out. And I watched that whole community go from 30 players at Gen Con just having a, a fuck-around tournament and just having a blast to all the way through 2019. And I've been to multiple worlds, and I've been you know to all these store championships and regionals, and I had my own X-Wing podcast. And it was, it was just watching something starting so small grow into something so big and having just fun i mean the x-wing guys were just a great time whenever we all got together at gen con or adepticon or wherever it you might not have ever met the person in real life but when you finally did it was like you knew each other for five years and when x-wing started to kind of go it's it's route that it wanted to and then that's that's on them i it wasn't for me i kind of took that and I, I looked at Battletech and I'm like, you know, why don't we have that? Why don't we have that thing where um, we can all show up and there's a game that we love, and, but there were no set rules for it. So we actually had to, one, build a large community, two, write rules for the community to gel around and get all the the white noise out of the way to where it's like, dude, hey, what's up? Let's you got what'd you bring? You brought free worlds league? I got Wolf Dragoons, let's go. Getting the white noise out of the way is is a is a very important step in building a community because if the white noise is there, arguments can happen. It's like, well, I don't want to play that. Well, you know, my house rule is this. Well, I don't play that way. Well, you know, I don't really want to play if I can't do this. You know, it's it it's too much. 
it's too much opportunity for negative play experience. Whereas if you're like, these are the rules. I mean, they're in the rules. You have to play it this way. If that's out of the way, the creativity, the list building, the friendships, that that can all come in into play right off the bat. And that's what we were going for, is in, an immediate pickup game. And the other thing that, that I, don't, I will say this, we've said it on our podcast, I say it all the time. And I will continue to shout it from any mountain that I can stand on. We have been extremely fortunate in the people that have come to our banner. Um, they all, they all shared, especially the initial people who came. They all shared our same vision and our same passion for wanting to promote and attract people that had um, similar thoughts, feelings, and aspirations for game. Um, but at the same time, we also have had the stance and, and we've had people that are, well, I don't like what you do. I, I can't do my thing. I, I don't get to do X. And one of the things, right or wrong, but one of the things we have, don't come then, right? Just, it, it's, it's, a, it's a hard thing to say and it's very negative. But at the same time, for what you guys have built, uh, you guys have all of the same thoughts, feelings, aspirations that we do for the game. And it's showing in your community as well for how quickly it grew, right? You guys kind of just flipped a coin and all of a sudden you had 20 people, right? Which is amazing and, and awesome. But that happens because you were all behind the, the same premise and you were all going for the same goals. Um, very similar to what happened when we went to Florida. Florida had, you know, they had St. Petersburg and they had maybe four or five guys, um, Seneca and Baker, and those guys were about an hour south. And we had some guys from Orlando come over. All of a sudden, these guys were playing 350 and they were starting to realize that, oh my God, we have people all within a couple hours of us that we can start doing events and people will show up for. We want to start doing this too. And their groups have grown and continue to grow. So what we've, what we've been pushing for is starting to take root in, in others. And, you know, we're seeing that in LA. I mean, uh, just talking with Paul. Oh, he's eating now. I'm sorry. I missed it. <laughs> oh, what's, what's it say? What's it say? I'm a mute him. I'm a mute him. Your, your ambitious nature will help you make a name for yourself. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> dude, that is that's yeah. title of the show right there. That's you guys wow. think that ambitious nature? We there were it is. very ambitious. We were very ambitious. You guys think that this that the standardization in a in a game that you know didn't come out as standardized, basically with all the kind of the what you were saying is white noise. Do you guys think that standardization is kind of the way to bring together, and then you can kind of branch out again, or is standardization the way we should kind of look forward more towards growing the communities around you know, around the world um, and just keep it that way? What do you guys view it? I think standardization was never there. So I think he just, he said that. Okay, so that was our biggest thing, right? Because I remember telling all the guys when we were making this, I was like, hey, I just want everybody to know not everyone's going to like this. Like, there are going to be... Battletech has always been a a very, I can do whatever I want to as long as I can bend this rule or do this. When you take that away, 
there's some Battletech players that are just like, I don't want anything to do with it. And our, our response was, fine. You, you don't have to play it then. And we're not making you play it. You do you, boo-boo. <laughs> exactly. You do you, man. Um, three years from now, when everyone else is doing it, and you're like, okay, fine. That's, that's cool. You, you, had, you can do whatever you want to do. Um, I think it's a... How do I want to put this? I think it's a great way to grow the game. Yeah, and I'm, if you have a standardized rule set that someone can go download, read, understand, and start making a list for their own, it gets them into the game extremely quick because everyone else is playing the same rules that you read. I, th- I think I think from a standardization, I'll, I'll take it one step back, and I think army construction, I think, was more of the key to anything because as a, I'm, a, I'm a demo team guy as well. So if I put out an army construction rule set and say, everybody, whenever you come to the store, bring a 350. I can write any scenario that I want and have a relative good understanding that if I go to everybody, whoever shows up, and I say, I need everybody to take 150 points out of their 350. I don't care what it is, but we're going to put teams together. You each have 150 points and we can play. One of the things that I, you know, I've heard from other demo team people of usually as a demo team person, you do the scenario, you must supply all of the, all the stuff, all the max sheets, dice. If you need to, you should have everything available. So all a person has to do is show up and start rolling dice. Well, as in other miniature games, everybody's like, well, why, why do I go buy miniatures <laughs> yeah. then? Right? I, I have my own stuff painted. I, I want to play with my stuff. I've spent a whole lot of time on this really cool piece. I want to play with it. And the army construction allows, in my opinion, because of, and I've had good success with it, being able to put a scenario together, have seven people show up and say, okay, you four want to play together. You guys got to take 150. You three want to play together. You guys got to take 175 or whatever it is yeah. to make it work. And I haven't, and I haven't had a, I haven't had a scenario skew because somebody brought something that fucked the scenario. Right? You can spend three, four hours writing a scenario, play testing, figuring out how it all works, and then if you open it up and say people can bring their stuff and play, one guy with one mech can screw up a scenario. And that I, makes it hard. I, you know, like you mentioned, it's kind of just the standardization of army construction. That's you know, on our Discord where we do most of our game planning. That's always the first question. Okay, we're we're coming together on Friday night. What PV do I bring? Right. So that that gives you know that gives that standardized. Okay, we know what we're doing this night because we know what kind of the basis, and then we can go from scenarios from there. So I'm just thinking of like people that are trying to get you know other players in their own little community start growing. I think that that is a great place to start. Is like, well, how much do I bring? It, it kind of makes it easier to you're tapering down the dis- the amount of decisions you have to make on game day when you come to the table and you're like, Oh, I need to decide all these other things. I don't have to decide PV or something like that. Taking it a step further. Um, since LVO, we've had a lot of, I've had a five or six new people come in, in Minneapolis in the last, since LVO. And one of the things that I've heard from them is by doing an era as well, really, really helps. Right, so not only do we have an army construction, but the MUL is so big and so vast. Right, 
there's tens of thousands of units there. But, and if you say, hey, go to the MUL and make, a, make an army and follow these rules, and you go to, I want all of the mechs, right? Well, that's 10,000 units. Going to an era and being able to whittle those rats, I call them rats, right? When you go to era and choose yes. a faction, that's your rat for, for picking your army. That it really helps narrow and get people focused on, okay, um, I, need, I need 275 points out of this rat. And I can use mechs, combat vehicles, infantry, and maybe support. Maybe you guys are into support vehicles. I don't know. Either way, it makes it much more digestible for people, especially new people. And then as they learn, right? That last Wednesday, I was at, uh, I didn't play, but I pulled my tablet out and I walked three people through, this is how you navigate and work the MUL. And they were like, oh shit, well, that's not so hard, but it takes that 10 minutes to this is how you navigate this page. And this is kind of what you're looking for. And then the light bulb goes on and now they're building lists every day. So um, much like I'm sure most of us do. <laughs> it's uh, I think it's, you know, it's a great place to start is how, how to use the MUL because that's my, my 12 year old, and my 10 year old, they, they need that like structure. And I think a lot of us do is like faction and era start there. Look at the minis that you have with what you've got and and you can have some fun so i I think it is a great place to start you know talking more about community and especially here in minneapolis with our group and it's one of the things that i say um at every tournament as well um it's it's a very crass thing our so we have rule number one have fun rule number two don't be a dick right it's a crass way of saying you know ensure that you're doing right by the person across the table, right? Your job as a player is to ensure that the person across from you wants to come back and play again. And not everything is always going to go your way and understand that and know how to handle it as an adult. And I mean, you're fully within your rights of being mad, but be cognitive of the person across from you and make sure that you're playing with a person, not against a person, right? Yeah, correct. And I mean, and that, and that has really taken root with my group. I mean, if there's, if there's a pro, I have three guys on my, in my group, there's a new person walking through and a person stops to look at the table. They will stop the game and ask them, Hey, do you know about alpha strike? Would you like to know more? Do you want to roll dice? You can step in here and start rolling. That, that is in my opinion, probably one of the biggest things that if you're going to try and build a community, um, much like we've been telling Matt Carper, Matt Carper's in Virginia. He wants to get a community built. And the biggest thing is get out there, go to the store. Even if you have to sit there by yourself, right? For one or two times, it sucks. But eventually somebody's going to stop and say, you're playing Battletech or what is this game? Um, well, now you don't really have to sit and not do anything. If you guys haven't tried, tried Aces. Aces is a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Um, I'm I'm excited for where that product goes. Um, so just getting out there and then being approachable and making sure that when you get that opportunity to talk to somebody, that you capitalize on it as much as you possibly can. Yeah, I, I have know. a little, little oh. bug about Aces. I think they marketed it wrong. 
They shouldn't have marketed it as a play by yourself. They should have been play cooperatively with somebody else. I think that's the best way to play aces. Dude, I though that's the first place I went with with aces was I now have a way to play op four and my players can't go, you fucked me. <laughs> it's in the cards. The cards, cards did it, not me. So it, cards it did kinda, it. It kind of <laughs> reminds me of that uh X Wing uh what was it, X Wing Legends or Oh, here's the Atari cluster? Yes, yeah. here's the Arturi cluster. That was fantastic. a great yep. thing that X-Wing... Was, I mean, I think it was player-developed, wasn't it? That was player-developed. It was 100% player-developed. And it was... It, it changed the way you could play X-Wing yep. as a game. And it made it, it great. fun. And that's, I mean, that's what Aces is, yeah. The first place that I went to was, now you could have... Now I can do a hero mech with a hero deck and have the hero deck maybe infer... Maybe some of that battlefield formation bonuses. I'm, I went off the deep end right away with it and went, you could do all these neat things with it, and it's still in development. So uh, his, his hamster wheel went went running wild. Yeah, I needed a grease. And I think your your mention about the uh, well, kind of getting out, and especially like we like to do our events in kind of areas where people can walk through and do stuff like that. I know Ben has talked to a lot of people at events. Maybe Ben, you can share your experience about just being kind of open and inviting and and kind of. We've gotten many players that come play just because they came to a store, saw us playing. But Ben talked to them, someone else, and and uh, they start playing with us. So, I mean, it's I think it's you know Andrew hit on it earlier, and I think that's been my biggest hangup is is people that complain about not being able to build a community, but then they don't take the time to build that community. You know, they don't take the time to just show up on a regular consistent basis so that way they know you're there you know and they when they're ready to go then then they'll start approaching you and then also having that piece where being approachable is is a huge thing you know because i've seen i've seen gms i've seen demo team agents from way back in the day when we were commandos and all that kind of stuff where you know somebody was hey what's this game oh it's battletech and then they just keep on moving on. They don't expand on anything. You know, they you got to be able to draw them in a little bit more. So I think that's that's the important key that you have to to build that piece of it. Consistency and and being approachable. Yeah, the Those consistency are your is good. You, you know, it 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 sounds really odd to say, but you you should have your car salesman speech, right? If you have somebody that stops by the table and says, hey, what is this? You should have a five by seven index card that has a little paragraph that outlines what the game is and what it is that you're doing. Practice it, rehearse it, make sure that it flows very naturally for you. That will sell dividends because that person will come back and go, oh, well, shit, well, this person knows what the hell they're talking about. They're going to come back and experience you know, the next thing of, Let's run a demo game. I mean, every time that you get done talking to somebody, it should be, would you like a demo? I, I can set three Slap, mechs up. We can start slaps the box right of now. armored combat. <laughs> this baby exactly. will go forever. <laughs> there's, there's also another very critical thing to add on to what Andrew and Ben both said. When you're trying to build a community and you're at your game store and you're trying to promote Battletech, and this is one of our major sticking points is if you're doing alpha strike and even if you're doing classic take the time to have 
well-painted miniatures, and terrain. Have 3D terrain on the board. Because you are competing with X-Wing, with Legion, with Warhammer, with all these Crisis. other Crisis all these other games out there that already have all this awesome stuff probably on the shelf at the game store from a community that has built that up. So when you're trying to compete with those other game systems and you lay out a paper map sheet <laughs> and you've got some gray painted miniatures, it is not inviting at all. Like, you might get the guy that's like, oh, I played Battletech 35 years ago. He'll come by and stop and talk to you. But everyone else is going to go, well, that looks that looks like it's a, a fan-made thing that he's trying to uh, get on Kickstarter. And it's like, it is it is showmanship. You have to be able to entice players to physically stop at your table and go, dude, what is this? And they're like, this is big stompy robots that shoot each other. And you're like, well, this looks fantastic. So, I mean, that was that's that was... why Andrew and I are such sticklers on terrain and our boards. When we did 350, we took it to another level to make sure that we can compete. We're playing right next to Warhammer 40K in LVO. Our boards look just as good, if not better, than theirs do. So that is an automatic hook for anyone who's interested in, in like, what is this? This looks really, really cool. Not, I think it's, also important. I think it's also important to mention when you're giving your elevator speech, don't go super fanboy on it because there is a right. lot of lore in Battletech. There is a lot of things where you can interject, well, this is my favorite era. This is my favorite faction. You've got to keep it surface level because if you go too hard, too deep, that sounds awful. You uh, gotta sell the universe, not your faction. Yeah. It's it's yeah. very much what Aaron it's very much what Aaron just said. I mean, that is your opening catchphrase right there. It's big bumpy robots that shoot each other. It, really, tell me more. Now you and can, they can go rip each other's arms off and beat each other to death with them. If you so desire. A lesson I learned a little later in life than I should have. But be the mysterious guy, right? Give them a little hint, make them giggle, make them laugh, and then kind of be like, all right, I'm going to go back. I just got to tease to please. (laughs) And they will call you, text you, stalk you. Well, and you also you also got to get to know the person too a little bit. Like, you know, asking them what games have you played, you know, and then comparing those games to what we're doing, you know, with Battletech, whether it be Classic or Alpha Strike, you know. I mean, I think I spent. Matt, when we were doing your last Battlefronts thing, I think I spent the whole entire time just taking one guy around and saying, this is what Classic is. You play D&D, so this is very very similar to that where you have the narrative piece of it. You have all of the critical hits and all the stuff going on where ammo's exploding and your legs getting blown off and all that kind of stuff. And he was sucked into it, man, you know? So it's, it's one of those things where you just, you got to spend the time to to build the player base because if you don't and you just want to play with your four dudes you can't complain about not having extra if you want if you just want you know like something to roll dice then uh go play mega mech against the against you know princess or whatever because that's if that's what you want that's you're not really you wanting a community right if you want a community you need to get to give and take 
<laughs> you got you know this plays into the being approachable, starting with the basics, going then going into the specifics and stuff. So I think it all plays a role for sure. And and that I'll take that one step though. I mean that's one thing that's unique with Wolfnet is I think that we actually bridge both both of those areas. Right, we have a very active and vibrant community that are playing. I think we have people playing Mega Mech damn near every night. Right, people are getting together. They're playing Mega Mech. People are coming up with some very interesting things to do. That is happening every night. That's an avenue for people to explore. Me, personally, I want to be in a store. I want to be across from somebody. I want to hear their story or share that experience with somebody in a more intimate fashion that you walk away with with a positive feeling. They walk away with, hopefully, a good feeling. You didn't beat them too bad. Um but one thing, one thing that we also do have going is for a lot of gamers that have been gaming for 10 years, 10 plus years, they have all heard of Battletech before, right? A, a vast majority of them have heard about Battletech. The fun thing for me is, is that when we're playing Alpha Strike and we have our 3D terrain set up and everybody walks by and goes, hey, this is Battletech. And I'm like, it's better. <laughs> this is better. Look. And they're like, where's the hex map? Gone. Well, how do you move? Tape measure. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> I'll admit that's why I like uh, I like Hexless Classic so much because it kind of bridges that that gap between Alpha Strike, 3D terrain, Hexless movement, and Classic. And I think that it it's it's a really I wish the rules were a little more updated, but they're still okay, and they're still playable. Hey, welcome to the party, John. Hey, everybody. John's here. What's up, John? I was going to say, I think Battletech actually has to get over his reputation, because I think for the longest time, it's kind of been like an old FUD kind of game, and most people did play unpainted minis or old, crusty Ironwind minis on paper sheets. <laughs> so, like, it hasn't had any, like, it's never been a very appealing game visually until recently. So I think that's helped a lot. I also think it helps that uh, if your demo agents are, in the words of Derek Zoolander, really, really ridiculously good looking, like Ben and I, you know, <laughs> that's how you really grow the community. That is one of the only people not on camera. <laughs> we don't want to embarrass you guys. Uh, it, it Everybody is, come it is see new... how good I look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is one of those things where right now with Battletech being in the spotlight and having this number four on the miniatures list at this point. We came from we don't know where we're going to go. Nothing before. I mean are you kidding me? So building a building a community in your local game store is a lot easier now than it has ever been. I mean Battletech was in a Forbes article when the Kickstarter came out. It is over all icv2 magazines and 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 uh polygon and all this other stuff it is out there aim trade magazine yeah so right now is the perfect time to start and go to your local game store and write down on the write down on the schedule or you know go on the facebook page and be like hey we're gonna i'm gonna demo classic or i'm gonna demo alpha strike or i'm gonna demo destiny um, I have I have I have a flyer in my store that has my name, email address, and a, and a handle to get a hold of me. And 
I've had I've had three or four people reach out that way and say, "Hey, saw your name for being BattleTech. Can we get together and do a demo, or can we get together and chat?" Absolutely, we're at the store every Wednesday night. Stop by. So we've we've done something similar, except we use a, a QR code that takes them either to the Discord or to the Facebook. That's awesome. Yeah. That works too. And and you don't have to be a Catalyst demo team agent to do this. I want to stress yeah. that a lot. No, you do not no. need to be a demo team agent or this or that. Or hey, if you love BattleTech and you are willing to step into the role, it's a big role <laughs> to be the pinpoint. Love guy. the game. Honestly, a, until Ben said he was a demo team agent, I didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was, but I'm I'm not a Ben's, active one. Ben's, I know Matt Ben's is. A, Ben's a slacker though, so <laughs> I got other shit to do, man. <laughs> how many real jobs? <laughs> so I know for me, I mentioned before, right? I played as a kid when I with the clicks, and then growing up, got out of the game, so I knew of the universe. And then once I moved back to the States after being stationed in Europe, um, got back into, I don't know, the mainstream kind of things because life's different in Europe. But once I got stationed down here, I was uh, getting back into MWO. And because I think I'm like, at, it was like that 2018, 2019-ish, or it was, it was 19, 2019, because uh, that's when I got stationed down here in Colorado. Um, I was like, Googling into it, and that's when I discovered the original Kickstarter. Now it had already been f- like closed, um, had it been funded, but I was able to get on as a late backer, and then that's so like I didn't even I hadn't even played a game yet in the Colorado community. Didn't even know one existed. Um, backed in at Star uh, Star Commander at ninety bucks. So it was just like wife, please, and she was like, I'll allow it, and I was like, thank you. Um, <laughs> and then I started Googling more into it. And then I discovered the Colorado Springs Facebook page, um, which was, I, I don't even remember how many people were in it at the time. I mean, it was 2019, so it was almost four years ago. Um, but, uh, Probably joined like it. 10. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, joined it. And then, so I think one thing you guys were talking about that was, like like Matt had mentioned earlier, that's really good for establishing the community was that 350 standardization format. Because my first couple games played, my very first game was was classic, and they're like, "Oh, what era do you want?" I'm like, "I don't know what that means." And like, "How many BV do you want?" I'm like, "I don't know what that means." You tell me what to do, and I'll try my best. And then I showed up, played a game, had fun. Pretty sure I did tons of things wrong. Um, pretty sure I was lied to on a few things. <laughs> I know, I know there was one, there was, it was like the second game of Classic I had ever played, and we did a Star vs. Star, and it was, the guy was like, guy was like um, uh, it was a Gauss rifle, and he was like, oh, the Gauss rifle does 10 damage to the armor, 5 damage to the structure. Yeah, so it was like, oh, instant crits, that's cool. Um, yeah, found out after the game. That is a lie. <laughs> found out after the fact that was totally lied to and screwed over on that one. But either way, you play someone uh, it, we know. It, it was still a lot of fun, um, and I had fun. And then played the fifth. You're like, yeah, played played the first game of of Alpha Strike, and they're like, okay, what PV? I'm just like, I don't know what that means. 
<laughs> it's like it's a completely different game, but not at the same time. So being able to go to the 350 and be like, oh, this is how you build the force. This is what the limits are. This, that, and the other. I think that helped a lot. And then we we had the Colorado Springs face um, Colorado Springs Battletech Facebook page. There was also the Colorado statewide Facebook page group. Um, and then in the September of 2020, Dave decided to start the Discord. And then that's, I think that's around the time when things really started exploding exponentially for us here in the Colorado community. Um, well, it wasn't we only, started, the, only the Discord, is we also kind of combined the, the communities. We, we found the Colorado Battletech page and we invited everyone to join the Discord and then we kind of merged the two groups. So yeah. rather than having individual local groups, we formed a statewide community. And that was when things really started to take off. Which is huge. I, yeah. I had I had a I, I wanted to follow up with some of the things that you said. One, we did not have a Minnesota Facebook group until I started one. Um I started it and within twenty four hours I had ninety eight people. I didn't know that there were ninety eight people in Minnesota that even knew what Battletech was. Um but we've that's grown considerably. Uh strongly suggest that if you don't and and i agree with you dave that having a statewide or trying to get your community to be a statewide thing and let people branch off of that to have your smaller local groups casting your net wide meaning i'm getting or i'm talking to people who are a couple hours away that when i run an event there's an opportunity for people to show up um your local groups they can do their thing they're gonna they're gonna stay within um discord we just started one here from minnesota that's been a a huge new way for people to communicate but hosting your events i'm going to be at such and such a place at this time i'll stay there for two hours until unless somebody shows up communicating and setting expectations to to people who are there to see what you're doing pays huge dividends to getting people involved uh so i yeah i guess uh social media is is pretty important nowadays <laughs> is is what i would say is if you're trying to build a community um yeah. and, and what do you guys think of as far as having kind of your your i don't even know the initials your local gaming store kind of buy-in do you guys think that's super important just kind of relatively important i know we've had uh ben you know there in westminster we've had a lot of buy-in lately from the store there and that's really helped because it's like now BattleTech is the first shelf in the store instead of all the warhammer stuff and so it's it's really helped kind of put it on the map a little bit more and it's in a in a big area just north denver so that's that's one thing that i think has helped our, our presence there as well <laughs> that was all I, you matt I, I don't think it's necessarily that important because first you have to prove to the store owner that this is something that's going to make money for them because they're they're in they're in the business to make money and if you know you start bringing people in that's going to give them incentive to put the product more forward to give it better shelf space and to put it in front of people because they know that someone is there to organize the community and it's something they don't have to do i think that was the big key at westminster was when we did the kickstarter party matt that you 
set up, not me. I was just the face, the, the pretty face. He was the face. But, nice. but uh, you know, when we had 40 some people show up for a Kickstarter party on one night, you know, and, um, you know, the store was like, oh, snap. Okay. All right. This is, this is some, something we can get behind. And, and that's when they started putting in orders and bringing in, putting stuff on the shelves and stuff like that. So, you know, I think we had the largest unofficial Kickstarter party on the planet. <laughs> like it was huge. From the numbers we you, matter, you guys did that. the title. Yeah. Fight I me said about planet. It. It's a universe. I can say planet. As a so, as a former as a former store owner, I can tell you that it is extremely hard to find out what your community is into if they're not coming to the store and playing that game. You can't I can't as a store owner, I couldn't just drop a thousand dollars on product of a game that I'm like, well, I hope players come and play this. I can promote it. I can demo the hell out of it. But sometimes people just aren't interested. Now, if I've got 10 guys coming in on a Tuesday and a Saturday and they're playing Battletech for six hours, seven hours, eight hours, I guarantee you if that happens twice, the next day I am going and I am ordering product. And, and I'm actually asking the guys, hey, what should I get? And they're probably like, well, we usually get things online. And I'm like, well, I'm the store that you play at. So, you know, if I'm not here, you can't play here. So let me help you and you guys can help me. It, it's a very symbiotic relationship between a game store and the gamers. So if there's that many pl- guys playing Battletech, I can guarantee you that store owner is going to go, all right. I'll make an investment, and then the stores, the shelves clear, and he's like, "Well, I underestimated that." <laughs> but they're not going to just fully load up. I mean, it's it's right. a very hard business to be in. So if you guys treat your store as like, okay, if you get it, we're going to buy it. You know, we'll be here. We'll buy the snacks, the beer, the the pop, all this other stuff because we're here to play the game. But we would rather buy this product from you because we come here and we like it and we want to keep doing this. That is a huge incentive for anyone who wants to start a community. The first person you should talk to is your local game store. Go, hey, I want to do this. Can I put up a flyer? Can I try to do this? He'll help you or they'll help you. But they're not going to make the commitment until they see a return or traffic through the door. I, I, yeah, when, we, so. when we started when we started at, at Dreamers Vault, I think they had a box. They had a beginner's box and a game of Armored Combat. I this last weekend for Rumble on the River. I don't know if they have any product left on the shelf or not because we had twenty people there. But they have source books, all the box sets, all of the lance packs. They that shelf grew and took over another because. We're consistently in the store, and we're showing that that we have a presence. I agree. You have if you're going to build a community, it only help you by having the store on board with you, so that you have product you can point. I mean, that's the other thing, right? If you have a new person come in and say, "I want to get into this game," if it's very difficult, if you've got the hook and you want to set it, it's to be something on the shelf for them to go buy. It it that's that's the thing that seals the deal. It it's a better feeling for them that oh I'm in the store we're gonna play this game and they have it on the shelf. BattleTech for a number of years didn't have that. 
we now have that and we need to take advantage of it as much as possible. Well, for a long time also, Battletech only had Ironwind Metals. And Ironwind Metals was not the most reliable distributor from what I've heard. So, I mean, there's well, and, and definitely the, the Dark Ages of Battletech. I mean, Ironwind Metals, that's a lot of shelf space for a store, too. I mean, just to yeah. get 10 different units, I mean, that that's a lot of shelf space, you know. I don't Having know, Ben. I, I'd, actually, I'd actually argue that a five-pack of Ironwind Metals takes up just as much, if not a little less, than the box sets. However, the box sets eliminate the variety. Pegboard. Well, they also eliminate the need for a pegboard. You can put right. box sets on the shelf. Right. Ironwind stuff you have to hang on a pegboard, and that well, that agree. it and takes more so space many, to do that. So many things that Ironwind makes, there's such a huge variety that you're you're going to be rolling the dice right. on you don't, what you the don't people know want what, to buy. You know, if you go out and buy a hundred minis from Ironwind's Metals, and you know now you've got a hundred individual space spaces that you got to put on a shelf yep. or on a pegboard. You know, whereas the box sets and the force packs. Like Andrew said, you know, you need to put them on a shelf and, yep. you know, that doesn't take up as much space. So, so I think, you know, you're right, David. I mean, Ironwind's Metals is, is a phenomenal store, you know, and a phenomenal producer of Battletech stuff, but you've got to look at it from the local, from the local store. I, well, I do. Yeah. I was simply making an argument for a shelf. And space. if you don't have a local store, you don't have a local store. There's two things you need. One, you need a space that you can play in. That is one clean ish, ish, not super weird, you know. <laughs> has some right. table. I'm space. thinking of one of the stores here in in Colorado Springs that is that, like, I'm talking, that super weird category. I'm talking about like a guy's garage, you know. Like maybe there's no game oh, store. Go one. You've better. got a garage. Like go go to go to the Pizza Hut, right? Or I, I've be honest with you, I've played in more pizza places of just <laughs> hey, we're gonna take these three back tables. We're gonna look weird if you're okay with that. We're going to play games and we're going to buy pizza and drink. Is that cool with you guys? Yeah, have at it. Never had anybody say, mm, no, I don't, we don't want you to do that. Finding a place and being consistent. That's yep. that. Uh, yeah. And number that, two, important. if you don't have a game store where you can buy product from, I think we all know of a place. Aries, games and minis. Aries, <laughs> games and miniatures. <laughs> We, we we don't quite have the uh, we don't have the Gideon on our side to help us out with that one. Harry's I've been building that transition up for five minutes. <laughs> and by the way, this podcast is sponsored by Aries Games and Miniatures. You got you got to do overly laughing Charles. Aries Games and Minis. I, I, <laughs> Aries Games and Miniatures. I've heard it enough. I, Derek's I think I'm just going to shake his head. <laughs> but that's. That's another thing is is there are other outlets to go get Battletech products from. So um, the biggest thing now is now it's in Target, now it's in Barnes and Noble, now it's what's well, not shit, in Target. You'll probably yet. be in we Walmart. We still have another nineteen days. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's getting there. I mean, we never dreamed of Battletech being in a big box store, let alone Target. Yeah, that's huge. Just wait till it hits Walmart. Barnes and Noble was big enough. Now Target, come on, bro. That's Fancy big. Walmart. That's big. Somebody should come up with like a door dasher. Yeah. <laughs> door we'll dasher. deliver your battle tech. We'll deliver your battle tech to your door. <laughs> and then punch you in the face and run at away. Ridiculous speed. <laughs> we won't do anything else because that's all we're here for. <laughs> I mean, 
Aries Games as minis is pretty damn close to a dasher as it is already. It pretty Aries. much is. Yeah, yeah Eric is. is quick, man. Yeah, he is on it. <laughs> it is very impressive. Three days so, um, takes me takes me three days to get product. Yeah. Oh. So we talked a lot about how we started and a lot of things that have worked. Um, have there been anything you guys have tried that didn't work? <laughs> yes. Well, let's just say when we when we started, right? So we did the podcast and we went big, which is also, I think, another great way BattleTech is growing now is because podcasts are so popular these days and people can eat, you know, they're like, what's this BattleTech? Oh, go listen to Wolfman or go listen to O2 or go listen to Valhalla. Um, we, we also followed on your coattails for that. <laughs> and men. But it's it's really easy to go listen to a two and a half hour episode <laughs> and be like, okay. Get used to it, I'm Dave. Gonna, I'm going to try this game out. Um, <laughs> a couple of things that, that didn't work out for us. Well, one was Audio on the first six episodes. Audio, audio, hundred <laughs> percent. Sorry, that was, was that was a no, shit show. Fair. You got you guys make fair. fun of yourselves on it enough. I mean, dude, I we just we just fair. learned the lessons. I literally had all first six episodes highlighted to just delete, and everyone told me, "Don't you fucking do that!" Like, just leave them there. Lessons learned. Like, it's like all right, we'll do it. Like, we probably lost a lot of listeners, but whatever. Um, man, we. I don't know if it's a failure, but it's just it's it's something that we put a lot of effort into, and then these days have have like let kind of go to the wayside or have transferred other to other people is like the regiment stuff. Uh, we used to do a mega mech Discord wide campaign. Like one of our things was like, hey, pick your favorite mech, and we'll put you into the regiment, which was a a, a organizational chart of the Wolfnet you know, secret uh, spy network of Wolf's Dragoons. And we played in the current era and and we did large campaigns and we tracked however this Lance did. And then, and then that more salvage. And yeah, that turned into people really, really identifying with their company. Are they maybe a bit too much? Charlie. Charlie. Charlie company. Charlie company. Charlie company. But um, that was that was a really big success, even though we were fumble fucking our way all the way through it. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> yeah. um, so, and I and we've just been so busy with three hundred and fifty and formats and podcasts and tournaments and all this other stuff that I I personally let that one go, and and thankfully there was a bunch of of guys that picked it up and kept it going and and kept the campaigns going but that was that was one of the things that we did in the early days that i think really gelled the community together really well of of the large community we had um i'm i tell chandler like every three months like dude i'm I'm working on something else (laughs) it's like i am but at the same time i don't have time to do it but um to, to your point there i think one of the other successes that we had with our community was we had a lot of levels of engagement. We have the Tuesday night fight every week. We have a mega mech game that people can join. And that's a lot of fun. We had the regiment uh, uh, campaign. Um, we have three fifty. We're out doing events. We have the podcast, the, um, <laughs> I, I I've sucked way, way terrible, bad on even just being on discord to answer question or engage or to engage the community that way. Um, 
I then or just I need to get back to trying to find ways to to fit that in. But I think that was also a key for our success was we had multiple levels of ways of engaging with people or providing well, I think means a metric for people of your to success get together. Is that you don't have to be on Discord all the time. There are plenty. I mean, I mean, you know, gold is out there like answering questions nonstop, and so it's not like. <laughs> You you started the snowball, but you don't have to push it every day, right? So I think that's a good metric of kind of community, especially like a wide berth community success. Um, instead of like, oh, I got to push this every week. I have to be on there all the time because I have to give all the answers because no one else is doing it. So I really like seeing like all the different engagement from different people. Yeah, we we <laughs> always tout that the Wolfnet community in a whole, which encompasses a whole bunch of communities. Um, is literally the best. I mean, it's hands down. No one can compete with our with the community that has grew from the four and five of us just starting a podcast and and like just randomly navigating our way around. Should we do this? Yeah, let's let's do that and see how it goes. And then uh, um, the one thing is, we're always open to criticism as well. That's that's if you can't so, k- take criticism in building a community and someone has an idea. And if if you alone think it's it's your community, like I started it kind oh. of a thing. If you have that mentality, it's gonna crash and burn. You have to be able you have <laughs> to be able to take ideas from other people and see the greatness in those ideas and be like and, and then don't take them for yourself. Be like, hey, this guy has a great idea. Let everybody know that it was his idea, and then that that generates other people going, now sometimes it's an it's an avalanche of ideas you're like no <laughs> but in the most part it's people it just lets people know that you're they're a part of the group you know it's not a it's not a tier system it's it's we're all in it together um and that's i think number 1 in creating a community is be like hey there are a lot of great ideas coming from everywhere you have to be open to take them and implement them into what you know, you started and, and are now just a part of, I mean, maybe in a leadership role, but. <laughs> well, um, it's been, it's been interesting. Like, so we just got done with rumble and I've got, uh, I got a gentleman uh, by Jason who has a scenario that he wants to play. And it's a four by six table that he has 80% covered in buildings. And it's a, a pirate scenario versus a, a clan trinary. And he, he's got some thoughts and ideas and he's like, I, I'd really like to play test it. I'm like, why are you asking me? Post it. Let's go. Put it together. We'll, I'll, we'll get people and we'll, we'll try it out. That's so something. Go, go, ahead. Ahead. go ahead. No, I was something I think we failed at here in our community was we leaned really heavily into AS350 and we made almost all of our events for like the first year, almost exclusively AS350. And that, kind of alienated some of our narrative players and the classic players. It led to a burnout episode. <laughs> yeah. So it it really helps I think to remember that, you know, while AS350 is a great competitive system, it's not the greatest for narrative play. Correct. And if, You're and if you right. have And it's not a one size fits all. No, it's not. Right. And we tried to do an Alpha Strike narrative game. Who had that go? Somebody fucked it up royally. Mario wow mario <laughs> came in and messed up a uh a narrative game well, we, 
We literally spent three days in a boat coming up with the idea when we were fishing. Spent the next four weeks putting it together. Mario fucked it up in the first three minutes. It took him three minutes to destroy <laughs> what took us weeks of planning. And he went, it, fuck it. Is that what it, spawned it was, Mr. Brute? No, this was this was after Mr. Brute, but I it was funny because was Mario there. comes up to me. I was there. Mario came up to me. He's like, hey, here's what I'm thinking of doing. I'm like, well, fuck it. Let's do it, bro. Because <laughs> I was on his side for the teams. God, and he yeah. was like, here we go. But Dave, in- you were 100% correct because that's where I'm at right now, too, with my group. We've been doing 350 weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks getting ready for Rumble. And I don't want to monopolize. If people want to continue to do it, awesome. But I'm trying to get out to say we don't have to, right? Uh, if, if you, you want, if we a want to do something, we want to do something else. Let's do that. Give me a suggestion. I'll help. I'll help put it together. Pull so, the uh, the document off of our Discord under the I want to say it's the the events channel. Uh, Black Earth. Run that. It's okay. Hexus Classic, and it's uh, your events channel kind of an, is empty. Oh shit! Hold on. Hold on. Oh, the events documents. I can't even post in it. Damn it. Event documents. There we go. Okay. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. So it's a uh, it's a Hexus Classic. I think it was three rounds, and it was just each round was a scenario that built on the next round, and it's kind of a kind of a riff off of the the chaos campaign, and it worked out pretty well. Definitely, there were some improvements, but it worked out really well. I would agree with you you that as a as the Wolfnet podcast community, whatever we have neglected classic a lot Um, for. Probably two reasons. One is we were so preoccupied with making the AS350 as good as it could be that it literally just kind of shoved in in the our small little group. Like we couldn't focus on anything else. Like we wanted to get that. No, that's totally fair. Nailed down. Um, we do have a lot of people in our dis, and that's where the community the community comes together. They're like, hey, we have a a classic discussion channel and this and that it's probably not near as popular as the alpha strike side is but well, I mean, um as350 is alpha strike it, I, yeah that's to be expected yeah and 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 that's i i will say that it is on our mind of something that is coming up hexless classic is something that i've been wanting to try to do but you should it's my, a lot of fun. my schedule is it's like Thursday night is literally our only night to get together, and right now we're deep into playtesting Epic and Doubles, which are something that generated out of our our community of like, hey, we love the 350, but we want bigger battles. We're like, okay, well, let's try to do this, and then, so now we're in the same process of trying to do that, um, but there are a lot of people that are like uh, posting all the time about, hey, we did this classic game. The the battle reports is a lot of classic stuff. Um, classic definitely lends to better battle reports. Yes. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Alpha Strike battle reports are like very dull. <laughs> I shot at the Dasher. The Dasher yeah. died. <laughs> but no, the uh, I, I think it's important to remember that there are two sides to the game, and mm-hmm. if you focus too hard on one side of the game, it's going to hurt one the other side of your community. So. It's so important if you're if hmm? the one odd thing that I have here is is that 
Burnsville, my, my local game store is the AS store. The source plays every Thursday and they have an ongoing Solaris championship deal going on. So it's almost like we have one store for AS and we have another store for classic. So we don't have a lot of cross or need to for that, but I would also like to have my, my local player group try classic. I don't think I have very many people who have even tried it. So honestly, um, I can't say that Hexless classic is any better choice to tr- to get Alpha Strike players to play Classic because you're using alpha, 3D terrain. It's, it's Alpha Strike movement just with Classic rolling, right? Sort of. So it's it's a two to one conversion. So every move that you would make in Classic costs you uh, two inches. Two inches, like a turn, yeah. costs two inches. Yep. One MP is two like, inches. 3D terrain. Yep. One MP is two inches. Uh, practical line of sight. Uh, and yeah, then a, a full record sheet. I do recommend when you're playing Hexless Classic, eliminate the stupid rule for uh, partial weapon weapons being partially blocked because it's it kind of takes it takes too much time to debate. Like, oh, your arm is covered. Your your large laser is out of play. It's more fun to just give them partial cover and fire. Okay. It feels more more thematic that way and just more, it's easier and it keeps the game flowing a lot better. Okay. One of the things that I, I think I've read the book about three times and I can't understand the book. I just need to do it is I would like to start doing uh, Destiny. Me too. Like I want to try to do a Destiny game. Like just try it. Be like, hey, do I like it or don't I like it? Because I don't even know right now. Are you talking about the the role playing Destiny or the not the time of war, not the not the full on RPG, but Destiny is kind of like uh, what is it Renegade uh, RPG or is it Destiny it? game, right? Uh, it's it's MechWarrior Destiny. It's like a it's like the Alpha Strike version of a time of war. What I've heard from people is that if you're going to do the Destiny game, that because each player has a role in the narrative, right? You you can pass off the narrative to each individual. And if you don't have a group of like-minded individuals that are focused on going on, on a goal, one person can really derail the story rather quickly. Well, oh, you yeah. can see the same um, thing in, in D and D. Yeah. Okay. Fair. It's, it's very, very possible to, but I would, I would love, I I'm would usually love the one that YouTube. does it. <laughs> I'd love a YouTube channel that we would do that on a, by we by monthly basis or whatever. Yeah, I think it would be, be great. A blast. I just need to learn how to. The, the book is not the easiest read. It's very yeah, abstract. I I haven't yeah. finished reading Destiny. I have it, and then I got to that area. Uh, I, and I forget what it's called at this point, but it's like something that was specific to Destiny. Um, I forget what they called it, but I was like, this is weird and doesn't make sense. But like what you were talking about, Andrew. I mean, um. Ben talked about back in episode three during our campaign chaos with the the rolling or uh, rolling GM where it would change each month each month. Um, it's super doable. It's just like you said, it has to be a like minded, so it's not just immediately re- derailed uh, by one you know asshole <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, I, I agree with I agree with I agree with you, Dave. That uh, you you need to. If you're the community manager, if you're the person that's out trying to build your community and 
and be kind of come that de facto leader, if you will. I agree wholeheartedly that you can't stay focused on on one rule set versus the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I'm well aware, and and I've communicated to my players last week that once we're past Rumble, are you guys interested in trying some new things? And resounding yes, which you know because we have people who are excited. Uh, about the the IP, not just Alpha Strike. So, um, <clears throat> I agree. And uh, you know, one of the better things that you could do, I, th- well, I unfortunately don't have it. I don't think for me at my store right now. But maybe making or reaching, you know, that person that says, "Hey, I want to do some classic." Awesome. What can I do to help you, or what can I do to empower you to do a classic game? What can I do to help to make that happen? And that way, you're you are not always having to be the person organizing, running, setting up, controlling everything, because that once your group grows big enough, the idea is, and it's something that happened with Wolfnet, is the care and feeding of the community. The community starts to take on those rules and take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, the like the policing of people. You know, I. I'm so thankful again, thankful for our community because we have people who are not afraid to step up in our community and say, Hey dude, that was out of line or that's not what we do here. Take that stuff and go someplace else. We're, this is, this is, this is a safe place for all of us to be here. We don't talk about those things here. Um, and it's okay to be that way. It's, Oh, that's something else in being a community is, being able to draw lines or know your bounds and being able to respectfully call someone out or to just say, dude, we don't do that here. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, Thankfully we've only had one person who's fallen into that bucket and okay. it was unfortunate. And, and, but usually, we had- and usually it's not very many, right? It, it's very, it can be a very, very small group. But as I tell everyone at, at our events that, I am extremely, extremely protective of our player groups and ensuring that we don't have negative play experiences. If you have a problem and I pull you aside, I I give you an opportunity to try and calm down and you can't, I'm going to ask you to leave because you at the table are going to bother the person across from you and the four people alongside of you and those five may not come back because you're being an ass. I I would rather have those five come back and maybe give you an opportunity to come back after you've figured it out, right? Making sure that you're protective of your community once it starts growing is also it's an uh, it's an in ev- it's not a position that you look forward to, but it's a position that you need to cognitive of and protective of yeah you have to curate the community you have to you have to protect it you have to make it grow and you've got to make sure that it grows in a positive direction and if there are negative if there are negative influences in the community give them a chance to you know change and to become part of the community but if they can't or if they go sideways too much then you just have to say sorry man uh you, you need to go find someone else somewhere else to to hang out or go play it's I, it's it's a hard it's a hard call to make it is not 
something that should be done lightly, but it it's necessary sometimes. And and it's and it's an odd thing to be saying, right? Because I mean, Ben, you can maybe back me up here a little bit too when it comes to the demo team and and that it's a very inclusive. Even if you're an ass, at least you're at the table rolling dice. And I I subscribe to that. I I am more about ensuring that everyone has a positive play experience. And if you're the individual that's giving us a negative play experience, I will pull you aside. I will try and treat you like an adult. We're going to have a respectful conversation. I'm like, dude, you got to relax or stop, right? You're too much, whatever. And if you can't, that's fine. Okay. Take the night off, come back and try it again. But everyone's not having fun and you're kind of, you're kind of causing us a problem. They're uncomfortable yeah. conversations, but you have to be able to have them mm-hmm. and have them in private. You oh, oh, absolutely yeah. don't you have them. Outside. Don't have them publicly. You go, you go outside. I mean, that, again, that's like being a manager at work, right? You never berate a person in front of their coworker. You yeah. always do it behind a closed door. You take the time to make it be personal and not make it be personal, but be personable, be personal in the, in the interaction. And, not make it be a thing because that and that becomes another thing within the community that has to be managed or is talked about or whatever. And that's not what you want to have, right? You want to get together, talk about Battletech, roll dice, create mm-hmm. stories and laugh. You don't want to talk about, well, that guy last week, he was, or that guy a month ago, or don't want that. Don't, right. that's not, that's negative play. That is a negative play experience. And don't do it over <laughs> social media. No, never. don't never. ever do it over social media unless you're okay uh, with it being posted. <laughs> it's just a cop out, man. Yeah. It's just a cop. Just do it to my face. I think I'm a big boy. Um, I one of the things it. that we've really had success with here in Colorado, as far as community building is our events, we've had routine, pretty routine events every couple months or so. And we've had really good success. Uh, what do you guys view the importance of events, large or small? You can, you know, it could go all the way up to like, you know, uh, Depticon or whatever, you know, uh, what do you think those play a role in, in community building for BattleTech, especially? Well, I think it's, it's paramount. The events get people in the door at the event. They, that's where people meet the other people in the community. And, well, and the more mm-hmm. face time you can get with everybody in the community, the better the community will be. Not, not only, in people's excitement for being in the community and showing up on an on a nightly basis um only goes so far right there there are rare people who really really enjoy just that getting together i don't care what i got out of the house i'm i'm with friends and i'm rolling dice having an event like for us right the, the whole era thing um when we hold when we have an event that's coming up Every Wednesday night, or what I'm going to try and do is maybe move it to every other night that we're doing AS350 preparing for the next event, right? Because people need to play test their lists. They need to find out does this unit work or does that not, or does this unit not work? That generates excitement within the community that gets people to come out and play. And it gets them to keep coming back because you're, you're in a play test phase, right? trying new things each week um generating excitement that's different well not necessarily different i mean as350 is changing the era is different 
and it's usually different enough that it generates enough excitement um, right now. So, but Dave, to your point, right? Being able to switch up and, and go. Uh, one thing that I'm excited about ran across um, Randall Snyder out of Florida has gone through the Chaos Campaign International er, Interstellar Ops and basically pulled out all of the stuff for doing an Alpha Strike campaign. And rolling, you, you roll your starting PV, you, and it's a random 2d6 roll, and then you have a starting PV, and you need to have this many min, minimum number 100 or whatever, and you need to have support. You need to have technicians. You need to have all of these things to be able to repair and build and, and do that kind of thing. And you can get infamy, and you can take contracts, and you it's it feels complex right now i'm hoping that once we play a couple of times go oh that's what he meant by this and it it, everything falls into place but that's the next thing that i'm kind of excited about and looking forward to um i wanted you know i think it's built for doing like two to three people i wanted to try and again standard demo team practices make it bigger than what it really should be um (laughs) where I wanted I wanted to try and incorporate the, the the community at large, not just my store or four people, but get some. We have we have the Southern Sibco, which is part of my group, and then I have Sean Goolsby, who's on the north side of the cities, and he has the Northern Sibco. So being able to try and intermix those two, or be able to get together on a Saturday and say, "Hey, we're going to do uh, campaign stuff." Not and be able to play against people that you don't normally play against. Um, that's something else I'm trying to figure out how to get done. So one of the one of the big things for events is one: make sure as many piece as much information as you can get out there is out there and findable, and then repeat that process. I mean, it, it is the worst when someone shows up to an event. And they're like, "Well, I didn't see this." And you're like, "Well, we literally posted it everywhere where we could possibly do." And yeah, that's how that's how we do it. Is we usually use the the Google Drive and we put a document on there that's publicly available, and then we attach it to the Discord event, and we also attach it to the the Facebook event, and then we continuously update it, and then put a note in there saying, "Hey, the event document's been updated," and uh, go from there. Yeah, and it, it just alleviates I a lot of problems, and everyone's on the same page. And it doesn't matter if it's a small event or a very large event. It, it, it needs to be handled the same, where it's just, here's everything we can possibly give you. Um, not every event coordinator is always on the same page either. So there are mistakes sometimes. But So from what I've gathered over the last hour, hour and a half, from what I'm hearing, um, building a community is just get out there, get in front of it, be the face. Um, rule number one, don't be a dick. Uh, be accepting of everyone. Actually, uh, that's rule number two. Rule number one is have fun. Rule numbers one and two, don't number be two a dick be and a dick. have fun. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're wrapped up because you can't have fun if you're being a dick. True. Well, I don't know. There's some masochists out there. Yeah. Uh, but start your community yourself. No one's going to do it if you don't. If there's not a community already and you want one, go make it happen. Um, tools that are great to have Facebook, Facebook groups are great because they're searchable. Yes, we have our, our statewide discord. Uh, we wouldn't have that if it wasn't for the Facebook group already. 
because you can't search private discords, um, which is what 90 plus percent of them are. So it starts with, you know, those easily searchable things like Facebook groups. Um, once you get enough of a follow, like of a group, not a following, a group, uh, then maybe you can branch out. Uh, I know, like me personally, I prefer Discord for the local community because Discord is a hell of a lot more organizable, um, structurable. Uh, we'll have channels for Alpha Strike Classic, um, battle reports, and then we've got um, the forum channels for game planning. So each region within the state of Colorado has its own forum channel uh for game planning purposes so denver has its own one colorado springs foco this that and the other um so once you get a decent enough base uh then it's great to branch out into into discord one thing we had success with uh and again props to alex here was building those flyers um we met he made the flyers we printed them out it had QR codes to the Facebook group and the Discord server. Um, make sure you use an invite code for Discord that never expires. Um, a lot of people mess that one up, but word to the wise there. Um, and then ma- the majority of stores have a essentially like a looking for game or looking for group wall. Uh, so that that was one of the first things I did because I live right next to. Uh, Gamers Haven, and in their previous store before they moved, there was this you know three hallway between the store and the war room, and on that wall was the looking for group or looking for game, uh, where there was just index cards everywhere of people looking for groups, and I hung that flyer up, and once I hung that flyer up, we were getting two, three new people to the Discord every single week, so yeah. Uh, no one's going to build a community if there's not one already. Like if you're already in the mindset to build the community, um, just take that leap and do it yourself. Um, and if you want some help and pointers along the way, uh, there's a myriad of people to help you do that and will happily help you do that. I will go out of my way and make a QR code for you. I will build everything for you and I'll just, here you go. Here's everything you need. I have a Discord server template that I could give to anyone and it will automatically build 80% of a server for you and it's ready to go. All you got to do is change the server or the, the, the channel. Why you can't move. Um, it's a digital product. Uh, so it, it's live anywhere I go. Um, so. <laughs> Oh no, don't use that name. <laughs> but if and you if want you help, him, reach out. Special. I don't ask for payment. I, I just want to help. Next month I'm happy talk to help. Stripping minis. It's a lot of yeah. Stripping minis. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. He'll strip your minis for you. <laughs> nope. That you can do that yourself with LA Awesome. See the previous full monthly episode. <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah, no. If you need help, reach out. There are people that will be jumping at the bit to help. Um, and we'll, honestly, if you let us know, we'll probably do 80% of the work for you just because we're happy to see the community grow. Um, but I think that about wraps us up. I have one last the thing. Main... One little, little go ahead. tidbit. 
if you're in a community, try to make it better. Do what you can to try to make it better. Don't just sit back and ride the wave. If you can offer something up, run a game, uh, make a flyer, uh, anything you can do to try to help build that community, do it. Just because you didn't start the community, you're in it, make it better. Equal ownership of the growth of the community. Yep. One 100%. person doesn't control it all, and a community does not survive off of one person. I sure as hell wasn't one of the early founders of Colorado Springs Battletech. But now I'm running a Discord and a podcast and editing the podcast. So like, Be the change you want to see in your own community. Unless you're Chandler. Just stop, man. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> we don't need any more hot dog cider. AC20s for everybody. <laughs> I think that's uh, a great transition into our drink of the month. What? No, we're, that's too out early. of order. Out of order, sir. Out of you order. are out of order, sir. <laughs> Damn it! This Strike is why you're not driving to today. Private counsel. <laughs> Sweet. Give All me right. that counseling sheet. I'll sign that shit. Objection. Here's your forty-eight fifty-six. <laughs> Done. All right. Well, I think that wraps us up for the main metal and community building. Um, Due to our special guests, our S2 Intel brief of the month, Ben, is the Wolf's Dragoons. Take it away, Ben. Oh, snap. All right, this month's S2 brief is on the Wolf's Dragoons. Slide. Next slide. The Dragoons began their origin as reconnaissance enforced by the clans in preparation of of the invasion. Good Lord. The two main competing political factions within the clans, Wardens and Crusaders, settled on a compromise, and the five regiments were formed with James and Joshua Wolf, two freeborn brothers, and warriors of Clan Wolf, placed in command. They arrived in the Intersphere in 2030-05 and were immediately employed by the Federated Sons despite their mysterious origins. For the next few decades, they worked for each of the great houses with varying degrees of success. While working for the Capella Confederation, the Dragoons were loaned to Anton Merrick to assist him in winning the Captain Generalcy of the Free Rolls League. After Anton realized he was going to lose, he attempted to hold the Dragoon dependents hostage to force the Dragoons to do his bidding. Joshua Wolf and several Dragoon dependents were taken hostage and killed by Anton Merrick, which sent them on a path of revenge against their employer. That would be the Dragoons getting revenge. Despite their successful attack against Anton Merrick, they were offered employment with the Free Worlds Elite to conduct raiding along the Lyrian Commonwealth border. They conducted a deep strike against Hesperus II and were narrowly defeated by Hessen's Hotheads and the Hanson's Rough Riders. They worked briefly for the Lyrian Commonwealth from 3020 to 3022 and abruptly ended their contract to begin employment with the Draconis Combine. Due to mysterious reasons, we don't know why they ended their contract. But we can speculate. While working for the Draconis Combine in the lead-up to the Fourth Succession War, the Dragoons faced many challenges, culminating in a blood feud with Takashi Kurita that peaked on the world of misery. Seeking a safe haven, Hans Davian offered the Dragoons the world of outreach as a home base, free and clear of any loyalties to any great house, if the Dragoons would hold the Fed Sun's borders during the Fourth Succession War while Hans gutted the Capellan Confederation. During their early recon years, the Dragoons sent reports back to the clans on the state of the Inner Sphere. As time passed, those reports became more infrequent and finally stopped after their clan orders were altered by the competing political factions within the clans. Dragoon orders were to prepare the Inner Sphere for the invasion. The Dragoons would only fight one battle in the, during the initial invasion, and it was against Clan Smoke Jaguar and Clan Novacat on Luthien. 
capital of the Draconis Combine. After the Battle for Luthien, Dragoons would make their origins known to the Inner Sphere and begin training the Great Houses in anti-clan tactics. During this period, the Dragoons would fight their own civil war with the elder James Wolf retaining command. One of the opening gambits of the World Order Blake Jihad was to destroy the Dragoons. In October 3067, a mismatched force of mercenaries led by the Waco Rangers attacked the Dragoons' home planet of outreach and killed Jamie Wolf in a fierce battle. Ultimately, the Dragoons would prevail over their fellow mercenaries, but the survivors would be subjected to orbital and nuclear bombardment from the Blakist forces. In the aftermath, the Allied Mercenary Command would ramp up around the core surviving elements of the Dragoons and take the fight back to the word of Blake, culminating with the last of the Dragoon elements attacking Mars against heavy resistance. The remnants of the Dragoons would be rescued by Clan Wolf in exile. In the following years of the Dark Age era, Dragoons would build, rebuild up to three full regiments and resume their work as mercenaries for hire. The Dragoons were instrumental to Alaric Ward's plans to invade Terra and become the Ill Clan. Hugging on their ancestral ties to the clans, they were persuaded to abandon their contract with the Dragonus Combine and be part of the invasion force with implied promises that they would be returning their root to their roots as members of Clan Wolf. During the invasion of Terra, the Dragoons were held in reserve only to be let off the leash to attack the opposing Clan Jade Falcons to decide the fate of the Oak Clan sh ship. After the battle, the Dragoons were summarily dismissed and paid 30 pieces of silver, a nod to their betrayal of their original roots as members of Clan Wolf. Our very own guests were canonized in this book. Enraged by the empty promises, the Dragoons would retreat to the Free Worlds League space and begin raiding the Wolf Empire in retaliation while the Dragoons' leadership rebuilt the Shattered Unit. And that ends their brief history. Thoughts on that? Hey, I'm always, I'm really interested in, like, their inception, because, you know, what a kick to the face. Like, you guys can go be scouts, but you have to be mercenaries for every house. I'm like, well, that sucks for a clan warrior to do, right? And gross. And they despise mercenaries? One of the biggest things was Natasha Kerensky was originally tasked to lead the Wolf's Dragoons, but uh, it was decided that it would be so much dishonor that they found the two free births, Jamie and Joshua, to lead it instead, which she was not very happy about. Mm -hmm. Hence the fiery redhead attitude that she has throughout the, <laughs> the history of the Wolf's Dragoons. Um, and a little, little tidbit. Um, there was a little more going on between Natasha Kerensky and Joshua Wolf. Yeah, uh, yeah. that, uh, he, that he, actually uh, sparked the beginning fire. of the Black Widow. Yeah. Actually, beginning of the Black Widow Company. Yeah, that was their first engagement. Was going after Anton Merrick through that yep. fiery forest. Yep. All right. So I got a trivia question for Ben and Aaron. What was the planet where they first entered the Inner Sphere? Um, oh, it was not New Delios. It was uh, no. New Delios was yeah. uh, it's on Mary. Oh, it was yeah, New, it was New Delos. It was New Delos. Nope, nope. It was. It wasn't New Delos. It was Delos Four. Mm. Wow. Okay. Fine. <laughs> on this podcast, uh, I do have a fact check that uh, the Wolf's Dragoons actually made themselves known to the Greater Houses before the before Luthien. Yeah, before yep. Luthien, they did. In right a, before, 
in a very unorthodox meeting of literally all the great houses. Yeah. That was... Uh, I mean, if the clans had had a good intel community, they would have known this was happening and just come in and orbitally bombarded that whole plan. You mean outreach. maybe not have used Comstar as their intel community? So that's that's a big bugaboo with me is like, couldn't you have just sent spies? To, couldn't you sent the a couple that's, of watch guys it's honorable. to the inner sphere? I mean, they're, they're watch. They you have the watch. Think. Yeah. Well, but I don't know. Watch, did, did the watch... watch did not... The watch didn't get created until they until they came in. They didn't really come about. Yeah, I think an eight foot tall elemental might stand out a little bit in thirty twenty five. Well, didn't I think it was wasn't uh, or a weird buggy eyed uh, Elias Crenshaw? He was the one that that kind of pushed. Crenshaw was the first one who started. Yeah. It. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's right. You're yeah. right. Um, yeah. It's. You send five regiments out of nowhere. Like, even the clans would be like, if five regiments showed out of nowhere, and they're like, hi. <laughs> You're like, mm, this is and weird. You, you got to wonder, too, like, what's Hans Davian thinking? Like, when these five regiments show up in his space the first time, he's just like, ooh, let's sign those guys up. I don't know where they came from. I don't care. Let's, let's, uh, and that's never been explored. Like, did he actually maybe have some sort of idea? Was there some no. sort of a... No, that no. sounds like a shrapnel Hans, story that needs to be written. Hans, Hans Davian was the fox, and he saw a, a, an opportunity to take a chance on having five more regiments of mercenaries. Come on. Yeah, it's like... You always have to kind of desperate, too. Survive, right? <laughs> you, well, yeah. well, that was that was what, late late third succession war mm-hmm. kind of stuff, you know? So, you know, everybody's battered and beat up and raiding for ice and water. And, and you know, five regiments of pristine star league era mechs show up and you're like, okay, yeah. Sign me up. I'll, I'll, I'll bid those guys up. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's, um, I think the saddest thing for me in their whole history is just the, the assault on Mars going into the job, yeah. man. I mean, that was rough. That, that one, was rough. That one sucked. Uh, did it suck more than what happened to them on Terra? Yeah. 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 I think it did. Yeah. I don't know. Coming back home and then getting executed is probably up there with bad days. <laughs> There's been a lot of bad days with the Wolves. <laughs> True. And um, all well deserved. The <laughs> it was it was just the the nuking thing really sucked. Like yeah. it, they didn't even get a chance to and the right. and the the backstabbing and all the other stuff. It was like yeah, that that one really sucked. I, Willful I mutiny is one thing, but still, a nuke, yeah, <laughs> the civil war thing. I I can I can understand I can that. that. Yeah, I get that. I that. But the the just pushing of a button and erasing <laughs> an entire millions of people, breed yeah. storied mercenary unit, and that sounds like efficient use of ammunition. It it is. I can't argue with that. It is. <laughs> Especially against dirty clanners. It still hurts to read. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Tara was just like Tara's like they should have it it's summed up in uh the later books where it's like when Brubaker gets his talking to, it's like, dude, what were you thinking? Right. Like that was right. just incompetency. Yeah. Here's the or, gun. Do what you know what's right. It that was, was a great scene, though. by the way. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. yeah. Don't 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 bring that up to Andrew though. <laughs> the, the the thing the thing that I've always that I feel people kind of struggle with 
in understanding a fundamental aspect of the Dragoons is clan society and where they came from, and then being in the inner sphere and having to be insular, meaning you could really only, I mean, it really came down to you count on the guy to the left and to the right. There wasn't an opportunity to, and, and which is why they did orphans, right? They went and grabbed orphans because they didn't have any preconceived notions of nation or had reliance or ties to anything else. They were able to indoctrinate those children into <clears throat> what they needed them to be, which is dragoons first, foremost, and always. Um, well, you you look at, it, I mean, a great example of that, Aaron or Andrew. <laughs> um, it, you I, son of a bitch. God. That's <laughs> Damn it, you beat me to it. God. Wait, there's uh, two different people in here? Uh, now now Ben wins Carl's bet. Time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but a, a really good example of that is is in Wolf's, Wolves on the Border, where, who is it, uh, the Shadowhawk pilot, Declan or? Uh, Frazier. Frazier, Deacon yeah. Frazier. Deacon, Deacon, Deacon Frazier, where oh. he's kind of like looking at the outside He's he's on the on the outside of the dragoons, but he's in the dragoons, kind of just going, "Wait, what are we doing? What's this Selah thing you guys are talking about?" And you know, well, rem- so- remember for him, the interesting thing that played with that story was is that he went from a lance commander to a company commander, and never went through that. There was a part of that story where there were classes, or there were there was a, a briefing. That when right. you got to a certain rank within the dragoons, that you were let in on the secret. You were let in on this is where we came from. These are some of our, uh, you know, more hidden traditions and you know, Oathmaster and Sela and bargain well. And I mean, a lot of those clan terminologies and, and cultural type things because of where they were and what was happening. He advanced up the ladder so fast that he never got his indoctrination, if you want to call it right. that, or whatever. But um, I think that'd be a fantastic uh, shrapnel story, is some dude getting in, getting that briefing. That would be a it good would one. be you know. that would be really cool. It would just be that would be I think kind of hard to yeah. There would you would have to really coordinate, especially with uh, Mike and. Lauren right now with their writing of the origin story mm-hmm. making yeah. sure that they were doing fit, that yeah making that I imagine fit. it's like some like HR Mr. Mackey type he's like we're actually from uh, clan space some guy after games we're born in page and guy so like we're uh, just scraped off the floor and guy genetically you just be guy. okay with that you know then, then yeah. Natasha Kerensky comes busting in there he's like shut up this is what's going on <laughs> Well, you know, one of the reasons I ended up with Dragoons is that she was so prolific and such a good tactician and warrior in clan space that she was becoming a, a, a political reason to bid her star for trinary, binary, whatever it was that she was in charge of. They would bid her star away as in, well, we're giving you three now to by by just giving up one right. and she got she wasn't being able to win glory anymore in clan space because nobody wanted she was being used as that political chip mm-hmm. so she 
forced herself actually to be the blood name representative for Dragoons when they came to the Inner Sphere to ride roughshod because Jamie and Joshua were mech warriors in her unit. Right. And they promoted up and she went with them to ensure that they did the job that they were tasked to do. Not only that, but it was she wanted she wanted to fight. She wanted to gain glory as well. Yeah. And they didn't she take a demotion for that too, didn't she? Yeah, absolutely she did. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes she did. But but that's why when you read the story Hector, Mm -hmm. uh when they were on Hesperus and they have a scene where where a captain, you know, Natasha Kerensky as a captain walks in and kinda gives Jamie a what for in that story. And uh, I was told from the from the point of view of that Marauder Two pilot, he was able, he was able Alpha Company. He was the company commander. I forget what his name is. He was kind of his point of view for the story. Anyway, he was kind of taken aback. He's like, "Who the hell is this company commander coming in here telling, talking to Jamie that way?" Right. Right. But that was her role. That's why she was able to do what she what she did. Cool. Good discussion. Um... The TONE for the Wolf Dragoons at their height, the Dragoons consisted of five battle mech regiments and supporting units, plus six warships and several jump ships to transport the unit. At one point, they even owned and operated a mobile space station that produced battle mechs. They controlled the planet outreach and produced their own combat vehicles, battle armor, suits, and mechs for many years. Currently, the Dragoons are able to field six battalions of combat equipment and are rebuilding amidst the chaos caused by the Ill Clan battle. Um, and colors where historically. You, where, what's it? Where'd you where'd you get the information of six? You had Which, six companies. I think that was six battalions. Six battalions. Um, oh, yeah. Six okay. Battalions of combat equipment. Um, it's it's probably six mech battalions, but I mean between what? Uh, Zeta, Gamma, Epsilon. So Epsilon. So, so Alpha. Alpha in Civil War era, Alpha was two battalions with a training battalion attached. Mm-hmm. Gamma was a line regiment, and that had three, if I understand correctly, it had three battalions. And then you had the striker battalions, and I believe there were four striker battalions. Right. Well, tarantula. I know. And yeah, the, the tarantulas and the spiders. spiders and, well, I know Wolf's our Bane. wolves talk about Wolf's Bane you know, and it took. 80% losses on on Terra. Oh, yeah. So, I believe at um, the end of uh, Redemption Rights, it's Zeta, Epsilon is being rebuilt or reformed. Right. There was, there was, Gamma. One, there's, there's no, there's one battalion of Delta and two That's battalions right. of Epsilon in training. Um, you had Zeta out, and I believe. One the or tarantulas? two, of the strike. One or two of the tra- striker battalions came out. Wolf Bane is gone, rel- relatively intact. Yeah, I want to say tarantulas tarantula tarantula and wolf yeah. spiders. I think are still around. Yeah, but they also mention in the book that there's a lot more equipment than they have people right now. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's yeah. why they're uh, raiding. See, Mike, oh. I've read a book. Have you, <laughs> or did you listen to it? The best it's not on audiobook, so I and, read it. And it, it's the best slap in the face to a lark wolf in the world. So yeah, it, it is the yeah, whoever came up whoever came up with that idea, seriously hats off. That that was did not see that coming. That was spectacular. 
great. The resurrection. Really? (laughs) The resurrection and rebirth of Zeta and that entire delivery to to her as the new commander of Zeta was, oh my God. Like, that was fucking beautiful. That was really good. Yeah. Oh my God. They're fighting the leftovers of Clan Wolf. Stand up. Yep. Yep. I'm sorry, but when when Clan Wolf actually comes out of the uh, out of Terra, they are going to smack the living crap out of the Wolf Tribune. With what, dude? It's it's we're now like two years. We're now like two years into Ill Clan Wolf, and we've no they they haven't done shit. They're still on the planet. They're just like, but while everyone else is out there, they've been breeding babies. Zeta's out there demolishing shit. I don't think things are going well for Clan Wolf. I don't. No. No. The Capella Confederation is going to lay the hammer down (laughs) on Alaric Wolf. (laughs) The only reason clan like the clans and all clans on Terra aren't obliterated yet by the Capella Confederation is because they're still running the fortress wall. The wall Mm. is still up. That is the only reason. So here's what I, I can see the happening. Are being too sneaky. I think they're going to drop the fortress wall, let half of the uh, Capellan Confederation and throw it back up and crush the other half. And then Daushin's going to get beheaded or whatever. Yep. I don't know, man. Daushin is like finger on the button, like everyone go. <laughs> well, they've already given the secret of how to get through the, the fortress wall, or they haven't given the secret out, but they've let people in. Yeah. So. I can but see them bringing the all their books, allies in. But based off the source books, there's this now super weird, tensionous relationship with Canopus. Like oh, that, Canopus. that's a that's a whole nother front. I don't know. <laughs> Canopus can stay with their casinos and cat girls and just don't don't it's brother sister. Rattle, I don't know. Rattle the rattle this proliferate the stereotype, just, Dave. I'm just looking at the sibling relationship because they're siblings. Oh yeah, they're siblings. If, yeah, if well, anything, man, Canopy and Max are the most uh, well lubricated Max. Oh God, <laughs> Dragoons will probably have an open contract to whoever is invading Terra. They're for hire and cheap yeah. at yeah. a thirty percent discount. Probably what's gonna what it's gonna be. You have thirty percent discount. Just I, don't know. I think the industrial power of Sea Fox is going to get put That's on full display for the That's... wolves. For the wolves. I think the Ravens will come in. I think that Ghost Bear, once they figure out what the fuck they're doing, they're in a civil war. They won't. We'll step in line. The Jade Falcons are useless, and the Smoke Jags are well. well, They're there. The the Falcons aren't useless because remember they gave they gave Alaric gave Tara Campbell to the Falcons, and what does she bring? A battalion of Northwind Highlanders. Sure, but Soup. they're back to being Damn the Black Watch. Yeah, they're not right. going to leave Terra. They're not. They're going to protect well, Alaric. They're not going to yeah. be. In, they're not going to be a game changing force. I don't. And and and, and you made mention of Sea Fox. I don't think Sea Fox is going to have much more to do with them. As far as they they were paid to help get them there. They did transport. They got them there because look at look at uh, what's the latest source book? Uh, Dominions divided. Look at all the work that was happening just in Davian space. I mean, that conate, right? And when you look at Sea Fox, right? You can't call Sea Fox. I'm, I'm 
maybe retracting my statements here a little bit because I'm talking my way through it. Each khanate has a, has a sphere of influence, right? Mm-hmm. So when you talk about C Fox, you can't talk about C Fox as a whole because each of the khanates kind of work independently of each other. But they it are seems still like clans. Actually, but they actually have a competition between them as well. Yeah, I, I see. see. I think we're in for a clan intersphere versus clan intersphere versus, it, and it's just going to be all out hell. Let's I, just I, hope I, it all the goes lore, well. The lore over the next five to ten years oh, is going to be wow. fucking amazing. The so good. Sea foxes are going to go wherever the money is. It's. I'm really looking forward to the story between the Star League Falcons and the Occupation Zone Falcons. But just all of it. It it is an open powder keg. It's it's all going to be great. Also remember that Smoke Jaguars are back now as well. Yep. Yeah, they, they are. are, and they which are. will lead, which will lead to some interesting. No, they are. I, it, they well, are. they are. It's going to take time, more time for them to reconstitute than it will even the Falcons. Not with all the super heavies. They may be in a probationary status. However, the more people, the more other clans hold out, the faster they get elevated to full fledged clan for voting rights to help Alaric out. You heard it here first. And then I when really- all else is going terrible. The whole world show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yes. I, I'm really, I'm really hoping that horses get some comeuppance and actually get some limelight. I, they have, they have been, in my opinion, kind of the heel of the story a couple of different times where they, I mean, they're a clan. They they wouldn't do some of the things consistently always that they've been doing the last couple of stories. I'd like to see them have their limelight, kind of like what the Capellans are right now. We're not changing the slogan to Justice well, for Hell's Horses. Even <laughs> <laughs> until the Rough Riders get a novel, then we'll talk about it. They're just they like did. Keystone oh, Cop. Ben, the I, I think you have some power over that. I think ben, they did get, get your, a novel. It's called Hour of the Wolf. Said, and they be the died. change you want to be. You know? No, they didn't. <laughs> Come on, Ben. Oh, trust Boom. me, I'm trying. I'm trying. I pitched a few yeah. things. The Listen, Hell's Horses good. just can't good. catch a break. I mean, if there's a banana peel, they'll slip on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. That's because they um, have dumb quad necks. Let's round this out and then move on. So the colors of the Wolf's Dragoons, historically, they paint their machines in varying colors determined by the unit that they are assigned to. Um, and our sources for today was... Throw a dart at any of the source books or novels, and you'll find Wolf's Dragoons in them. So <laughs> that's fair. That's super fair. <laughs> all right. Literally you, all man. of it. All of it. <laughs> all right. So that wraps us up for our S2 Intel brief, and that will roll us directly into the Battletech drink of the month with your Master of Spirits, Ben. Take it away, Ben. Hey all, this is Ben here, your Battletech Master of Spirits. Get your mixers, liquors, shakers, stirs, and strainers ready as we cover this month's Battletech Drink of the Month. Alright folks, this month's uh, Battletech Drink of the Month is in honor of our guest again, the Alpha Strike. To make the Alpha Strike, you mix together in proportion of available stock all the alcohol types on hand. 
Serve over ice in a glass large enough that three consecutive alpha strikes will cause temporary shutdown. Enjoy. Like instant blindness. Death. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds terrible. This is bad. Wait, Ben, did you actually try this? Uh, oh, I did. But I, only love it. I did, but I only had bourbon on hand, so it was kind of... Oh, that's a cop-out. You bitch. I love it. Nope. That is, that is pure Wolfhead style right there. All right. Ben, the next time you come over to my house, I'm going to buy some alcohol just for you. That, that actually bottles, bro. I'll, that I'll actually just grab like very, five very, shooters. Uh, fond and traumatic uh, life story for me. Um, in our, in, at Iowa State University, there's a bar called Patty's. And uh, if you want to be a bar back there, you work a Friday or, or it's mostly a Saturday night. And then to get indoctrinated into the little Patty's group, they take the bar towel nice, and they squeeze it into a shot. Hell yeah, they do. And you throw that baby down. Oh. And talk about every alcohol in the cabinet <laughs> being oh. on that bar towel. <laughs> Brings a whole Along new meaning. Back in the day, you could smoke in there, so there's some ashes and all this. Oh, it was bad. <laughs> Full flavor, really baby. Really bad. Oh, that's gross. Andrew, did, did you hear what the shot was? I'm assuming yeah. he's gonna. Yeah, say, I heard okay. it. I heard it. I read it. I, I saw you were it. up there uh, making it. I will say no, for a crawl, no. for a crawl liquor cabinet, that's a lot. That's that's <laughs> that could be a lot. Yeah, that's a dab when of a when lot I of had, stuff. When I had liquor still in the house, that would have been nasty. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a so. uh, little side note, Andrew. Um, the wife had margarita mix that wasn't already the pre-margarita mix. So Ooh. I went out and got a bottle of Horonitos. <laughs> nice. How good was that? It was really good. So I thought I'd have traumatic uh, flashbacks, but uh, no, it was pretty little good. little quick story on that. So when we were at Adepticon, um, Brent reached out to us, and he's like, I'm flying in. I can't get liquor. You guys need to bring liquor. I'm like, all right, fine. What do you want? He's like, get Hornitos tequila. I'm not usually a big tequila person. This was some of the smoothest tequila I've ever drank. We, we found a quiet place. We sat down, and the three of us, we drank that bottle Thursday night. Oof, nice. I, woke up with, I woke up with no hangover, no mm. side effects. I can't say the same thing for Aaron. Um, I didn't have a hangover, but, but it was just kind of like a grogginess. But he doesn't was, remember drinking it. <laughs> It Brent was and I were very, drinking out of like shot glasses good. like this. Andrew was drinking out of shot glasses, but he kept up with us. But I can't very say good. much for the rest of the night. I, a lot better night. than that LVO hangover. Oh, <laughs> fuck that LVO hangover. <laughs> Sensing a pattern here. A note to anyone hanging out with uh with Mr. Brute. He drinks a lot. Yeah, yes, oh, yes. He, <laughs> will, he will partake. <laughs> In a bottle, oh, if yes. it is offered, you better you will not drink, drink that man under the juice. table. <laughs> no, <laughs> bring your no, drinking you shoes when you're with Brute. Yeah, <laughs> you you will not do. You will not win that fight. <laughs> nope. That man you, can. You put might want to bid some cases of water <laughs> in that he's, one. He's a brute in every category. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, the alveolum was bad. That yeah. was pretty bad. But well, that's your drink of the month, fellas. Enjoy. And that's your the alpha drink of the month. The alpha I kind of want to try it. Whatever you got on hand. 
unfortunately there's going to be some strawberry lemonade vodka and some watermelon vodka <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure there's an eight-year-old bottle of bourbon in there somewhere yeah it's, it's not good bourbon it's just um. been there for eight years <laughs> so you're saying it's sour bourbon over ice though right not neat yeah over ice okay over ice. All, right, all right then we're good <laughs> All right, so moving on. Uh, so the majority of folks have already closed and reopened and closed and reopened and closed and reopened and closed. They're back kit, uh, the pledge manager. Um, anyone in the group have any advice for those that haven't done it yet? Or um, Because I know myself, I'm, I'm waiting as long as possible, right, for to fill out my backer kit pledge manager survey. Because I know I know the gamut, right? Like you you fill it out uh super excited and then you lock it out and then two minutes later you're like, ah shit. And, and then you're emailing to have it unlocked again to make changes. Um <laughs> so yeah. Uh so, you hit the nail on the head if you take your time and then if you make a mistake, email them. Well, or maybe wait a little longer. Cause we've got what till what? The end of June-ish? I don't I wouldn't know. go any further than like the 15th of June. I'd, I'd probably I already, want to lock it in. I already locked out mine. I, made, I went through I made it in one mistake. pass. I made mistakes I, and I locked it in. And I'm not going back. I wrote, I wrote down all the, uh, the force packs that I wanted. And then I went back after I got all the ones I wanted and got doubles of the ones that I wanted. Because well, they got the new stuff with the, the dropships now too, right? The dropships for a cause. Right. Yeah. 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 Ben, Ben, you want to let them know? You don't know about these? Oh man, you guys are so unplugged <laughs> from your community. Thanks. Thanks for shaming us, Ben. <laughs> I spent a thousand shots I fired. A lot. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. I got to give them some shit about something, you know. Uh, so drop yeah, ship. there's a there's a Union dropship, an Overlord dropship, and a Overlord C dropship available. Um, just that are map scale. They were added yesterday. And yeah. from what I've seen is all the proceeds from the dropships go to pay for medical expenses for Iron Wings medals, um, which it, is oh, a worthy cause. Okay. The office is a, absolutely. Yes. It yeah. is a worthy cause, but the last dropship was crap. Well, and, and they said they corrected that stuff because um, now these dropships are plastic as opposed to resin they're resin um oh, they are plastic okay i was gonna say because yeah. previously they were all resin yeah yeah and they're mass but, scale so your your diameter for your union class is like four inches with a it's height fi- of like it's five. one hex and the five around it or six around yeah. it yeah. yeah i'm sure they're gonna look cool now yeah. if they map were scale not mech scale that's what i was thinking. exactly if they were mech scale yeah, then I might have to email to get my thing opened up again. And I mean, then... I'm surprised there's not a professionally built, like, mech scale carrying case of a dropship. There yet. are. There I are know, some out there. I know there. we've seen people can... have done them. No, but like, no, I'm they actually like a... have uh, STLs on Thingiverse where they have taken the yeah. MWO dropship, they've cut it apart, they've built in uh, hex bases inside it to uh, mount the. Uh, uh, mount your minis too, and it right. splits in half. But are they in mass production? 
No. Sure, as long as you got no. a 3D printer. You <laughs> no. can mass produce as many I'm, as you want. I want or 15 or 25 of them. Huh? <laughs> no. Yeah, they anyway. would have had they would have had me if it was Mex uh Mexico. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I want Mexico. But yeah. it's still super cool that they added yes. now multiple types of drop ships. Yeah. Um so that was added like Ben said yesterday. Today's Memorial Day, so that would have been the 28th of May. Um I guess so I should just, read my emails. Yeah. Now, well, see, <laughs> this, is, this is this is inspiration coming to me, which Catalyst doesn't listen to me anymore. Uh, what they should have done never is did. made is made pink laser cut dice with the chevron only complete it to where it's pink ribbon. Oh, that would have been cool. That would have been cool. Maybe you should have those produced from maybe Chestnut yeah, and maybe, sell them on Aries games maybe, and miniatures. Maybe I better talk to my guy <laughs> or Anderson. Yeah. Be the change you want to see Be in the, the community, Aaron. I, mm. I think a set of pink dice with faction logos or something like that, that would have been freaking awesome. I'd have rolled those. Those, those, are, those are initiative yeah. rolling dice. I think, I think those would be really cool in the liquid dice. That idea yeah. in the liquid yeah. dice would be really cool. Ooh. That'd be solid. Yeah. I totally passed on the liquid dice. You know, they're too gimmicky. Is, is that worth messaging Making a phone call right now? <laughs> <laughs> you may want you may want to text him. I, I may want to text him on that one. All right, I'll I'll throw him. He's on the East Coast, so he's still up. He's still up. And he's fine. For, for it's like one o'clock on the East Coast. For those listening, just keep in mind the backer. Even if you've already closed out your backer kit, pledge manager stuff, they're going to open it back up so that they can confirm your shipping and stuff like that. So don't freak out. Yeah, just a lot like, of people are freaking out, trying to be like, "Oh my god, um, myriad of issues." Because they, they forgot something. Years ago. They're going to open worry. it again. They haven't. They haven't uh, nailed down a, an actual distributor right yet. So once they do, and they figure out shipping costs, everyone will unlock again, and then you'll get to make final adjustments, and then um, you'll actually be able to pay for shipping at that point, and it should be good to go. Uh, but if I remember right, for Clan Invasion. Everyone's pledge manager was unlocked what three times, and we're at the first for this one. Be patient, give it time. Any other thoughts on the backer kit? We good? No. Nope. All right, uh, Dave. Moving into news from the neighborhood, the raffle. What is that about? So, for anyone hiding under a rock that hasn't seen our YouTube channel, uh, we did put out a video where we are raffling. We're doing a fundraiser for our Patreon. And what we're doing is for every dollar donated during June, uh, we will be raffling off an Inner Sphere Support Lance, a Clan Heavy Striker Star, a Game of Armored Combat, two Valhalla Club stickers. And three pairs of Valhalla Club dice. So uh, everything in our community is that when we throw an event, uh, we use the Patreon to pay for prize support or to mitigate costs at the event or to pay for uh, venue costs. So, so far, everything has been funded by about uh, 12 of our community members. So big thank you to all of them. Uh, but we'd like to try and engage the uh, rest of the community to see uh, to raise some money so that we can make some of the upcoming events really special. Uh, 
like I said, it, you can donate as little as a one-time $1 donation, or you can become a monthly donation starting at $3, and it goes up from there. Uh, none of this money goes to any of us here on the podcast. None of it is used for anything we do on the podcast. It is all going directly back into the community. So know that whatever money you put into the Patreon is going to go back to the Colorado community. Uh, it is will, not um, a podcast Patreon. <laughs> no, <laughs> at it, all. Is the, it is the Colorado Battletech Patreon, and that is what it is for. We will be doing the drawing the first week of July because the Patreon charges everybody on July 1st. So whoever is on that billing cycle from June 1st to uh, June 30th, it will be charged on July 1st. So as long as you show up on there or if there's some special dispensation that you need, just reach out to us and let us know. Um, We will put everyone's name into a raffle sheet and we will draw the winners. Uh, right now we will probably be drawing the winners on the weekend of uh, probably the weekend of the eighth. And that's when we will go ahead and uh, pick the winners. If you are local, we will try and get them out to you uh, personally. If you are one of our out of state uh, folks that have donated to the Patreon, we super appreciate. It. We will do our, we will cover the shipping cost to get it out to you. I will caveat this and say, if you're international, we might have to come to a, a, a different arrangement because international shipping is very, very expensive. So we will figure something out. Uh, anyway, that's the raffle. Please come out and show some support to your community. And if you haven't seen it yet, the video explaining the raffle is up on the newly instituted uh valhalla club youtube channel um all right so upcoming action the quarter three event we have the ill-claimed blood name trials or the trials of blood right down in pueblo at game night games uh you can get all the details for that in episode 9.5 which was released a couple days ago um where i interview luke who is who works at Game Night Games and is hosting the event is what what it comes down to essentially is uh, come on down to Pueblo. Uh, we'll be a grand melee. Uh, from the grand melee, we'll branch out into one on one trials of blood right uh, matches, and we'll there's going to be blood names for Jade Falcon. Wolf and Smoke Jaguar up for grabs in the Ill Clan era. It's going to be 55 PV for as a as a cap for a singular mech. You'll see the details for all that in the Colorado BattleTech Facebook group and the Colorado BattleTech Discord. Um, links for all those things are, of course, in the description, show notes, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he he explains all that in our 9.5 uh, Road to War episode. Uh, later in August, we've got Tacticon, um, who is up to snuff on Tacticon. Uh, right now, Tacticon is still very much in flux. So they, they do have a couple of events that they are talking about a lot. 
Uh, we just know that there will be a Battletech presence at Tacticon, and that is going to be August 24th through the 27th in Denver. And then our follow-up uh, in September, we have Battle for the Sphere 3, which right now, uh, again, it's still in the planning process. We haven't released anything. We should start finalizing details around uh, the end of June, mid-July, and we should start putting out some information on that. Right now, we are looking at either the 16th or the 23rd of September. Uh, a lot of that is going to depend on uh, availability of the venue that we get and the uh, the folks running it. So we'll have more to you guys out there. Uh, so keep an eye on the Discord and keep an eye on the Facebook, and we'll put out more information as soon as we have it. All right. Um, anyone got any alibis before we move into shout outs? Oh, actually, yeah, I have something to add. I'm looking to run a small uh Wolfnet 350 tournament here in Denver in June or July. Uh, it'll probably be Jihad era, and I'll put out details. Um, once I've picked out a weekend, it'll probably be a weekend match. Um, John, if you can, I'd say shoot for July since we've got the uh Pueblo event in June, yeah. Um, yeah, so just uh, keep your eyes and ears open. I'll post details. Eyes, eyes peeled on the Discord. Yeah, thank you. All right, uh, so... So so do I get to talk about our events? Can I talk about our events? Oh, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be at... Gen upcoming Con. events for WolfNet are... Well, uh, upcoming, event, uh, upcoming events for our community. Not just WolfNet, our community, uh, which includes you guys. So we're going to be at Gen Con uh, running a two-day event. Uh, we got 48 players, which will be one of the biggest events we've done. A unique thing that we're trying here is we're doing a two-day event. Uh, so you buy a ticket for Friday. Uh, you're automatically guaranteed to come back on Saturday. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to play a five-round 350 tournament on Friday. We're going to take the top eight players of the 350, and on Saturday, they're going to play a three-round championship round to crown uh, the first Gen Con AS350 winner. And for everyone who didn't make the top cut, we will have tables set up, and we will be running a doubles tournament that you can come and participate in. So if you buy a ticket for Friday, uh, you're guaranteed uh, two days of gaming. Uh, so... That's that. We, I think we got 23 tickets left. Um, so get, oh, really? get those tickets bought. Come see us. Yep. Nice. Um, August 18th, I'm going to be in La Crosse, Wisconsin for CooleyCon. We're running a 32-person event there. It's sounding more and more like uh, September 1st through the 4th. Aaron and I are going to be in LA for StrategicCon. We'll be running a 350 event uh, for that convention. Um, Gonzo talked me into it, and I am headed to Warfare Weekend, November 3rd through the 5th in uh, St. Louis. We'll be running a doubles and a 350 tournament there. Uh, in November, here in the cities, we have Renegade. Uh, Renegade quickly became one of the biggest miniatures convention game here in Minnesota. Uh, it's primarily focused around Warhammer. Um, but I recently got the event coordinator in my player group here at Dreamers, and he uh, forced me into running some events there. So we'll be doing a Drafted for War event at uh, 
Renegade, along with a 350 event. And then to round out the year, uh, we end the year always with uh, Curl Sisters of Go-Go, a birthday bash weekend uh, that Aaron and I put on and invite as many of the community that can come out and play. Uh, did we decide, are we doing that the 2nd or the 9th? Let's, let's, let's just throw it down. Let's do it the 9th. Alpha right, Strike shots gonna... to, to the end of the... Bourbon's got to show up so the... he can make Alpha Strike shots for yep. everybody. Yep. Bring, it, bring it to Colorado, <laughs> so <cool>. bro. <laughs> yeah. Be December 9th. And there maybe, and maybe, just maybe, we won't do it in Minneapolis. Maybe we'll go host it someplace else this time. There, there's talk about maybe going to Colorado. I mean, there right. might be approximately 340 members just in the statewide Colorado server that aren't bots. Uh, because <laughs> there's, there's a handful of those um, that I have added for, you know, moderation and things, mm-hmm. of course. But, no, we've got a massive human population. I mean, we haven't actually been out to see Charles yet. Yeah, he might. It is five years now. I'm going to say it for him. He might be salty about that. (laughs) Yeah. All right. And I'm sure we can find a place to house you for free. I think we should make that happen. And I know, I know, I do know that he used us, uh, as a massive data point unbeknownst to us because we did it ourselves for the faction era locked 350 events for y'all. Oh, yeah. um, he was <laughs> laughing maniacally behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> these Mine. guys are these these, <laughs> these guys are doing exactly what I wanted and they didn't even know it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that might have All to right. be. I mean, going to Denver in December is not really uh, not too much whatever. of a culture uh, weather shock yeah. for us. So yeah, I'll bring my long underwear. Can we get all go. the terrain? And my the mountains cabinet. are pretty. And I like that cabinet. idea the best. You guys got all the terrain. You got the ship. Yeah. That means all we got to do is buy buy a plane ticket or drive or something like that. That's easy. Ayo. I would say I'm pretty sure we could put together at least 20 tables. Holy shit. All right. Oh, between the, have, between the northern stuff and the southern community, yeah, we, we have so much do. stuff to the point we ran a simultaneous Battle for the Sphere two event, northern and southern, on the exact same day, <laughs> and yeah. had a massive turnout. Yeah, is it is it wrong to say that I have that at my house? <laughs> well, it looks like you have a big house, so it is wrong. Do that yes, in, it is wrong. It is wrong. All right. I can't really say much. I've got it all out in my garage. So uh, I have it everywhere. That could be a fun road trip. I mean, pile everybody in Minneapolis. I think we should just do this. I was really surprised at the number of people that are going to St. Louis for warfare when I had said we were going. All of a sudden, there's like eight of them going to that one, too. So, well, we we could easily combine. If you're talking about December, we could easily combine the Curl Sisters of Go-Go into uh, the Golden Derby. Can you do it the ninth? Uh, I'm never going to do it anyway. (laughs) I will have to take a look at my drill schedule. So, maybe. You don't have to be there. Eh. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I could probably go in on Friday 
And then <laughs> Friday and Saturday, and then be done. So not you're a major for Christ's sake. You can do whatever you want. You're you a field grid, man. You make the rules. Yeah, nobody knows. Yeah, when but you're I'm gonna actually. I'm actually gonna have soldiers this time. I'm going back to a unit where I'm gonna have soldiers. So, hey man, maybe. if you tell them to fuck off, they'll fuck off, bro. <laughs> I'm telling you, like from <laughs> personal experience, like I will know. They will fuck right off, bro. I'm pretty sure they like <laughs> options. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. That's all I can promise if, right now. If you text them just zonk. Though, I will say. The, the entire month is, pff, it's a zonk, bro. <laughs> I am pretty sure that my December drill is only a one-day drill because it's a family day. So, it's either going to be the first or the eighth. Well, now the month is a family day. Just Check. tell Perfect. them the call sisters are coming to town. They'll understand. <laughs> I mean... Are they going to say no to a colonel? No, of course not. I'm not a colonel. Not yet. <laughs> I am. No, but coaches. <laughs> <laughs> colonel Kroll said I had to be there. Like, who's Colonel Kroll? Nobody Doesn't will matter. question you. Nobody will question you. Did he die? <laughs> Except that there are a couple people in the Colorado Guard that do listen to this podcast. Oh, see? They'll womp, get womp, it. Womp. Well, they'll understand. Either way, keep your eyes and ears Nobody. peeled for details. Where's Dave? Uh, He's out playing. <laughs> freaking stupid tabletop games what the fuck well it's not stupid so <laughs> that all depends on perspective of who's making the comments I mean, if, well, if some I guy shows it. up with two aries it's kind of stupid <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm bringing three you douchebag <laughs> i will bring a poseidon and i will bring two aries hey did you see the uh the new uh the apollo very uh, the apollo's out and eh, still not here. as good as the zeus so you got it there. I got it here already. <laughs> Why would I doubt you? I'm sorry. That means I have to repaint one of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting to trade in my my bag of flash to iron for an Aries. For an Aries. <laughs> yeah, I got. Just tell them use this for my Aries. Just repurpose it. Just melt it down. This is one That'd of the Aries awesome I got. Did that. All right, so that's it you for upcoming that action. And uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled for maybe some developments in the future as to where some WolfNet events might be happening. Um, all right, let's move it on into shout outs. Again, going from top to bottom in my video feed. So we're starting with Ben. Shout outs. Get it. Oh, snap. You don't let the guests go first? No, guests are last so we remember it. Oh, that's true. Oh. All right. um, well, I think he's saying you're forgettable. Since uh, today, yeah, since, since we're recording on a day that's kind of special in, in the military communities, um, I just want to give a shout out to all the Gold Star families out there um, that have that have lost a loved one or something like that. And, you know, you're in our thoughts as serving military members for those we have lost in our own units. So just keep that in mind. That's my shout out. It's a good one. All right. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Dave. Go ahead. How am I supposed to follow that? <laughs> uh, carefully. Seriously. Seriously. I mean, way to take the thunder, Ben. I mean, Somebody's going to take okay. it. All right. Fair enough. I didn't mean to Why bring him go first. Well, then I guess I'll shout out another one of our military members, Rick, for kicking my ass <laughs> and destroying both of my Aries on the table. Good job, Rick. Well done. <laughs> all right all right matt hello matt i'd like to shout out matt's microphone for being on mute while he's talking maybe into it. 
Maybe shout out podcast. Matt's shout out Matt's chair for getting him to go to sleep. <laughs> what is it from uh, Fight Club? I am Matt's dilapidated microphone. Oh yeah, there you go. Nice. I am Matt, I am Matt's blinking red light on his microphone, you hear him telling him I'm on mute. <laughs> okay, it, there there it is. is. Hey. Oh, Shout outs, Matt. Man. I got I got the John treatment tonight. Um, so yeah, I did it to Ben's. Did it to Ben's. Uh, <laughs> did you have to pay extra for that? No, no, never, never extra. <laughs> um. Uh, I guess I'll just shout out the, especially the the Fort Collins community, uh, BattleTech community. It's been great to kind of build that community up there and just be with uh, the guys, especially Josh, Ian, and Lauren. Those have kind of been the the real dedicated guys that have come week in and week out to play BattleTech with me, and really enjoyed living up there and getting to know a lot of the guys up north, um, and, and just everyone in the BattleTech community. Now I'll be down in Gunnison, kind of slightly isolated. And I'm sure I'm going to miss it, but it's just been great to get to know people and play games. Um, and I could just name names all the time, you know, for a long time. But uh, it's it's just been great to see the community grow, but also for myself, just to get to know lots of great people and lots of great players. So I'll leave it at that. All right, John, you're up. Uh, I'm also shouting out Rick, but uh, for Dip to Tip Wednesdays, which have gotten That's me out of my painting, my painting slump. Dip to Tip. Oh, okay. Dip the tip Wednesday. Coach baby. didn't know what you were talking yeah, about like for a John. minute. John. <laughs> I'll have to actually uh, paint mix next time. I know what you're talking about there, buddy. Just, just oh, for, for your edification. All you know is I was in the Navy, buddy. You're Aaron, we, we've got a Wednesday night uh, get-together on the Valhalla Club podcast where everybody just gets together and paints and talks <clears> trash <throat> the whole time. So, Or play just, Mech Warrior 5. Just, or play Mech just, Warrior 5. Just a bunch of brush lickers, huh? That's it. That's it. <laughs> I, I will say, ever ever since uh, Rick started Dip the Tip Wednesdays, which might be tr- transitioning to Thursdays or Tuesdays, he's going to do like a poll and figure it out. Um, but either way, ever since we started it, he started it two weeks ago, uh, there's been a lot of pile of shame diminishing over the last two yeah. weeks. And, uh, yeah. well, he caused that. Yeah. Right. I was going to start a so-so painting with Coach YouTube night. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to abuse airbrush and contrast paints. <laughs> Half an hour show. Really easy. Base, contrast, cockpit. <laughs> Speed paint for the win. <laughs> All right. Uh, for me, my shout out is going to be Luke down in Pueblo uh, for running the Q3 event down there in the Colorado community. This uh, trial of blood, right? Um, I'm planning on coming down, planning on bringing the kiddo, um, should be a good old time. Um, so hope to see everyone there, uh, and following on, uh, you know, what Ben mentioned being Memorial day and all, um, for, for those of you that are still around, uh, you're not alone. Um, if you need someone to talk to. I and many others are here. You can give me a call. You can give me a text. If you were in either the Colorado or I think even the podcast Discord back in December, January, you might have seen me put some things. Um, that would be because uh, a buddy of mine from my first unit had committed suicide. 
Um, and I'm tired of attending funerals, um, seeing posts about friends being lost, this, that, and the other. Um, please talk to me. Uh, I am up super late at night for no reason at all. Uh, so give me a call, give me a text. I'm in the, I'm in every Discord server, just about. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I've shared my phone number a few times. I generally don't care. Give me a call, give me a text, give me a message, whatever. I'm here to talk. I'm here for whatever. I'm hi- I am tired of seeing friends. Um, at their graveside. Um, you're not alone. I'm here for you. Um, please reach out. Um, it's, it's, you're not, you're not in the fight alone, but that's what I got. Um, passing it off to our guests again, going top to bottom on my, on my video screen. We'll start with Andrew. Give us shout outs. All right. I gotta, I'll keep it small. Usually on mine, it's, book but we'll we'll keep it short tonight i want to shout out steve lesky um steve wanted to uh learn how to be a to so he was my second hand uh person at uh rumble on the river and he did a fantastic job so uh thank you for asking and then uh following through it's it's awesome i personally would love to roll dice so if i can find some people to run it'd be pretty cool um, I want to shout out Sean Goolsby for coming out to Rumble on the River and, and doing uh, the, the casting of, of events. Uh, he fought through some wireless issues, but uh, I think that that was uh, well received. I think we had quite a few people right before we had the wireless issues. Um, I'm going to shout out Dakota. Uh, he's the store manager at Dreamers Vault for hosting Rumble on the River and just being putting the store in a position to help our community grow. Uh, I really do appreciate it. Uh, he's, uh, always asking me when's the next event or what can we do to, to make things better. And, and I just want him to know that it doesn't go unnoticed. Um, and last but not least, um, I, I felt terrible that, uh, I didn't shout out, uh, this individual on our fifth anniversary because none of what we do um, I think would be as it would not be as successful uh, without Derek from Aries Games and Miniatures. Um, Derek is a wonderful person. Um, he's always very, very responsive, and he's always willing to help us out and build this community. So, um, a big thank you to Derek uh, for always being there and helping provide prize support for us. That's what I got. All right, Aaron. Uh, I'm going to shout out this this whole podcast is about community building. So I'm going to shout out basically, I know it's a cop out, but all the people who have suffered and and gone through the work and did the did the dirty work of of creating a community uh, for Battletech, which it needs it desperately. Um, Keep up the good fight. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, There's a lot of people out there that are very interested in Battletech right now. So uh put on a good face uh make make sure this game can be whatever what it can be um we keep talking about where's the peak for battletech and hopefully it's it's way way up there and uh that is driven by all the people that are starting all these communities um 
for for the grade of the game. Uh, I want to shout out one my cast members at Wolfnet Radio. I want to shout out all the guys at Valhalla. You guys are knocking it out of the park. Um, every episode is great, um, as well as all of the other content creators out there. There's a lot of YouTubers. There's a lot of podcasters. There's a lot of a lot of other people that are help growing the game. So keep doing what you're doing. Um, it's it's. I think it's very self-evident in where we were clan invasion to where we are mercenary Kickstarter. I mean, there was 25,000 backers or something like that. It was up there. It, it, it dwarfed the number of clan invasion. So I think that has a big impact on people creating content, people starting communities, people growing the game. So I want to just blanket shout out all those people. Um, even on the origins of Battle Mech. I mean, <laughs> they kind of do it. You know, I'll, I'll shout. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Uh, I want to thank uh, the guys at Catalyst. If without them, uh, we wouldn't have the game we have right now. Um, big shout out to Joshua Franklin and Greek Fire for what they're doing. Um, and then I want to shout out local Alton, Iowa, Legion 200. Um, Andrew's father is the the chapter leader. I think that's what they call him. Whatever commander, he's commander. the commander of the legion. Uh, yep, he did a good job this morning. It was I, I don't know how many people out there go to Memorial Day services, but you should try and go. Alton puts on one of the best ones. Um, very happy this year. We did not have to retire a flag, so that's a that's oh, a good wow. thing. Wonderful. Yeah, didn't have to redo uh, retire flag this year. Uh, might be your dad's last one. <laughs> yeah, it, it I was, bet so. It was a struggle, but he got through it. Did a great job. Um, uh, shout out to Matt Spit. I doubt he listened to this, but he uh, he's a good friend of ours. Uh, he gave the speech today, so it was a very good speech. He winged the whole thing in classic army cavalry guy. <laughs> uh, so uh, it was. If it you was, ain't Cav. Yeah, you ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he winged the whole thing. Didn't have a single index card up there, <laughs> but uh, no, it was a it was a great service. And um, again, I just want to shout out everybody who's in BattleTech. Thank you so much because for a long time we were all in the dark and by ourselves. So the better the community we can build, the the greater this game will stay around for hopefully another forty years. Be the bright light. I'm playing BattleTech when I'm 80. That's going to be awesome, dude. I'm going to have a, I'm going to have my retirement community is going to be my new community, and we're going to be rolling dice every day. Bro. Yeah, that's what we should do. We all just need to retire to that one really swanky place in Florida. Hell yeah, with the golf that and... retirement community. I love it. Well, me and Rick are going to be up in Anchorage, Alaska, but like I'll do you. Solid no. <laughs> In yeah, in Orlando, you know. Speaking of retirement communities, um, not we not know you're really, getting close, Ben. We know. Um, <laughs> I are you okay? around, uh, you. I'm going to shout out uh, the MHQ YouTube channel, Ooh, which yeah, is a new yeah. content creation by uh, Ron Baker, Bradley Prophet, and Jose Suarez um, down there in Florida. So definitely give them give them a look. The Florida Gang is up on the YouTube. Florida Gang uh, is here. He, uh, Jose, messaged me earlier and 
I might be able to get this out in time. Uh, but the next episode of the Mech HQ podcast should be on. Uh, let me pull noon, it up. Real noon, fast. Wednesday. Noon, yeah, Wednesday. noon Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. 31st. The 31st. Yep. At noon. So East, M- Eastern M-H-Q, Standard Time. Not Mech HQ. MHQ. Oh, my bad. MHQ. Yep. So, um, wife works tomorrow. I'll be bored. So, you know, this should be hopefully published uh, we, tomorrow uh, on the thirtieth. Hey, we'll Aaron, see what you happens. See their time? You see, you see what their turnaround time is. So, wait, does that mean we're gonna have three episodes out before one Whoa. episode of Wolfnet? Shots fired. Um, I hey, will submit. I got, a, I got a doubles list that Mike, <laughs> that Mike edited. From Tommy, I could throw that out tomorrow. <laughs> I I've got two two audio Tommy podcasts that I've already edited. I think one of them are out, and I've got a video. Two one video. I, I think it's one one video from Tommy edited, waiting to go. I've already gave it back to him like a week ago. <laughs> I'm slacking. I, I'll be the first to admit it. I'm. I, I'm ashamed, just like all you guys are. You just stop drinking those Alpha Strikes and start oh, drinking man. some coffee. <laughs> Tommy, I, drinking I guess, more. I guess Tommy just started to come into me and be like, "Hey, for my singular things, can can you edit my shit?" So, he definitely <laughs> took that to heart. He uh, and he knew he, better to ask me. That was a good thing. I'm like, he he asked me, and I, and I was like, "Yeah, bro, I got you." Um, so yeah, I've now edited three. Uh, Tommy Talks Tactics or whatever it's called, audio only, list and then a, yeah, list and then a and then a video list builder episode in the past oh. month. And I mentioned <laughs> to him, I was like, "Hey, the the podcast part of it is great, but if we could throw a YouTube video so people can actually watch you build a list, I think that will that will resonate." Before we a lot lose more. you guys, um, yeah. just wanted to say thank you guys yeah, for coming and, on the podcast. Um, our our awesome guests, yeah, and. Thank you. Yeah, thank for sure. you for having. Thank you for having yeah, us. This yeah, was this here. was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks yep. for thank joining you, us Aaron on the Valhalla Club. The Wolf's um, yeah. What thank was you, Aaron that? for wearing Dave? the Wolf's Dragoon T-shirt, and thank blah, you, blah, Andrew, blah, blah, for wearing blah, blah, blah. the Muscle T-shirt. <laughs> That's on purpose. I, I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> I know a genuine Andrew Aaron mix-up when I see one. <laughs> it was totally ben genuine. Did <laughs> ben did it. You tried too hard. There might be there might be some out, outside influences from someone on your crew. Oh, that could be. Who that might be local? That, that's that fair. Be. That's fair. It might have made a bet to us. Uh, but that should wrap us up for episode <laughs> ten. Episode ten, y'all. We're now double digits wow. Wow. of the Valhalla Club podcast. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, well, that's that's going to be last call. Last call for alcohol. Thanks for joining us today in the Valhalla Club. Special thanks to our sponsor, Aries Games and Miniatures. Aries is the premier online retailer for all your BattleTech needs. You can contact us at the Valhalla Club at Outlook.com. If you are in Colorado, please join your local community group 
on Facebook and Discord. If you are able to help support your local Colorado Battletech community, subscribe on Patreon to Colorado Battletech. This Patreon account is used to supply prize support for local events and assist in venue costs. Links for the Valhalla Club Discord, the Colorado Battletech Patreon, and Facebook group are in the show notes. Until next time, mech fans. Not every event coordinator is always on the same page either, so there are mistakes sometimes. But for the most part, anybody else hearing that? Yep, Andrew. Is that me? I think it's uh, I think it's I think Andrew. It's Andrew. <laughs> oh. You're making all sorts of timestamp. Here you go, You're Mike. Clicking. Check your connections. Mike, make it happen. Turn it on, turn it off again. <laughs> I, I don't know how to fix that. <laughs> Andrew, your headset is going wonky. Better now. But, well, I just turned it off. Is it still bad? There you go. Nope. There you go. Hey, hey, we're good now. The old on and off again. Hold on. No, you're good. <laughs> you're good. What are you doing? What? Uh, no, put it back on. Hey, put it back on. Put it back on. It I can back. hear you just fine. I'm okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, that was spectacular, by the way. <laughs> That's going in the bloopers. Wow. Yes, yes, that was awesome. We just just mimed the hell out of that. We've been podcasting the <laughs> shit. <laughs> 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 <laughs>